What's up, everybody? I'm Phil Rogacki. And I'm Jared Abergina. And you're listening to Two Tree Guys Podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Man, we did it. We did it. Uh, <laughs> today we have a very special guest with us. Very special. <laughs> very special. Uh, how long have you known Ryan? I don't know how long have we known each other, Ryan. When was the first time? Uh, I I got a terrible, San, terrible memory. San Antonio Internationals. So San Antonio. I couldn't even tell you what year that was. The last year you competed. Ooh. Texas. Texas. Yeah. Internationals. I do oh, remember man. that now. Kind of. Seven years ago? <clears throat> yeah. Ryan. Six, six maybe? Six or it, seven. Is that it? Was that only since man. then? And I, I met. I say it was before that. And I met you at Arborfest, was that two years ago With for Jared. the very first time? Here in Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was the very first time. And yeah. then, mm. you know. So uh, Ryan's a certified arborist, CTSP, certified crane trainer. The guy's done just about everything. I mean, an avid and one of the best fishermen in the country. I wish. Far <laughs> from it. <laughs> you, I think you fish and, and work in the industry equally, pretty much. I spend a lot more time in the industry. I just uh, <laughs> you post a lot more on fishing. Yeah, I've been doing a lot more cooler fishing than industry stuff lately. I've been uh, I've been doing a lot of crane training lately, and there's only so many pictures you can take of like people taking exams, and, <laughs> and, and sitting there watching them weave cones oh, with a crane ball and stuff like that. Um, plus, it's been six months since. I really fish, so it's fresh. And that's like the fun new thing to do. Oh man, uh, we can't wait till you get out here and do some fishing with us. I'm here now. Are we going tonight? Let's do it. Well, you only pop in for a couple hours. You got to leave. You can't <laughs> do we can we can make make it some frog fishing. We just, yeah. yeah, we can make it happen. We'll but tonight. you know, I'm, I'm excited to hear. I've never heard your story before, and uh, I've I've heard stories about you, and online, and I've read some posts and things, and uh, you know, uh, you had your company. Uh, that we'll go into a little bit, uh, and you sold it, yep. and now you're uh, head trainer, or, or what's your title at Save a Tree? General Tree Care Talent Developer, uh, basically a fancy word for, for trainer for mm-hmm. the company. I was the first trainer that mm-hmm. they hired. Uh, we've now hired another one that's kind of primarily focused in the Colorado area. We have a large presence there, and he'll work his way kind of south for that region, so I can primarily focus on the east coast or other things kind of nationwide like crane stuff and things along those lines gotcha so they're going to kind of you're going to be more specialty on certain things or something such as that um probably mainly only the crane portion of it uh we don't have that many cranes so i'm able to rip through all the guys real quick and getting them their nccer certifications um i got one place left to go in colorado after this and then Mm all of our operators will be licensed crane operators. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm, I'm excited to get into that and, and just learn, you know, being one of the first, I mean, Save a Tree is not a small company by any means. No. So being that first in their company to kind of do something like this, I'm going to be excited to kind of hear, and I'm going to have a lot of questions to ask, oh, yeah. you know, about it and to learn and, you know, married two kids in Massachusetts. Congratulations on closing on a house today. Offer accepted today. So what? we got the we got the fun jaunt ahead of us of moving, selling houses, and everything like that. So it's uh, uh, nice. sucks. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, we, we were talking about it and we were like, oh yeah, sweet, we got a house. And like finally after like multiple offers, you know, just this crazy housing market right now, you know, we, we have a, we, we do live in a house, so we're lucky. So we could be slow going on finding a new house. And, you know, after about the 30 seconds of euphoria wore off that we had an offer accepted, it dawned on us that we have to clean our house <laughs> and, and sell it and show it and move. Uh-huh. So yeah, oh, man. yeah, now to go through all that fun stuff. Hopefully, so, this is the last move for a while. I think this. So, is... why why'd you move to begin with? Why why what made what made you make wait, wait, the jump before, over? Before we get in there, can we? Yeah, yeah. Open beers. One? You yeah. know, before before we start any podcast, everybody knows um, we drink some beers and we crack some beers because the show is called Two Tree Guys and a Bucket of Beer. And if we're not drinking any beer and talking about tree shit, um, it kind of defeats the purpose of the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so the the this brewery here is uh, out of Santa Rosa. It's called Old Possum Brewing Company. Uh, and a gentleman named uh, Sandro uh, that owns the company is the head brewer over there. And I I've, I haven't tried this beer yet. Uh, they brought a bunch of it and gave us these cool shirts and hats and all this stuff. Uh, but I'm excited to try it. You've been drinking. Yeah, no. I think Jared's been drinking it for the last three weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been there. Few, been, been to the actual brewery uh, a few times. Got to meet, uh, you know, the staff there. Killer little spot. It's kind of in a spot where you wouldn't expect it, which is, um, I think, kind of neat. <clears throat> and um, I got a, a rare story of, uh, you know, I you know I asked, I you know, I'm stealing his thunder here because he wants to come out on the show and yeah. have him as a guest. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I asked him, I'm like, gosh, there's got to be a really amazing story. Why do you call it Old Possum? He's like, well, you know, when we're, we got this place and we we're fixing it up and there's nothing really around here. And there's this old possum that kept coming by and, you know, we didn't have a name. That was it. That was it. That was it. Old possum. That I mean, was it. He's like, look at that old possum in the brewery. Oh, old possum brewery. Old, old possum brewery. Well, it's like Bacardi. Bacardi, a, a bat flew out where they, you know, were storing everything, and then that became their logo for that. So, so I'll take one. Yeah. So um, we how got a West one, Coast IPA, which is really good. How does one figure out if a Where's possum that? is old versus young? They get all gray <sighs> like a dog. There's that is a good question. If anybody online knows, if anybody knows online, how, how do you tell an old possum between a young possum? Yeah, just ask it. Well, old ones are so. Here's what ones, we got right old here. Ones are bigger. True. And then the young ones. So are I got. <laughs> live hard IPA, fake your death. Bitter and clear West Coast is back. This is actually one of my favorites. because I'm a big West Coast IPA. Are guy, you drinking so. the same one? Yeah. So yep. cheers, everybody. If everybody's at home listening to us and, you know, had a comedy show in the beginning. OPB. Cheers. We got a few. There's some sparkling. Yeah. Some sparkling in there. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, man. Thanks for being on the show, Ryan. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you taking the drive to come down here and be on it. So we're going to dive right in, man. I want to – let's hear your story. I mean, I, I, from the time – where you're born to where you are now and you oh, know we want to go that far i want to i want to we want to hear i mean what made this man be uh who you are today oh man we could get into some crazy shit oh yeah that's what um, we like all right where was i, I was born in williamsport pennsylvania mm-hmm. home of little league baseball what the oh, yeah. World Series. Yeah. The World Series of Little League. Of course you know. Yeah. You yep. know that? Oh, yeah. That's where the World Series of Little League Baseball is. I think I lived there 
uh, probably till I was four or five. I was supposed to play there. Were you? What happened? I made. I was off by like a few months. In the age bracket. Yeah, ineligible. We made it there. I just missed the the age bracket. So did your team go? Yeah, without me. <laughs> were, you, were you too young or too old? Too young. I was the baby. Oh, that's fucked I up. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how I know. Yeah. Did you win? Did they win? Yeah. <laughs> they won the World Series. <laughs> yeah. And you were supposed to be there, your team. <laughs> yeah. So this is bringing up some probably they... long-term trauma. <laughs> I, I, I think the, show, the show's about it's to switch. About, this is, about, yeah, we need it. I know. We need Bob, do we have tissues Jared's, with our beers? Jared's youth here. Oh, look at him. He's uncomfortable right now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, no, Dad, no. <laughs> so did, did, you, did you go watch him? <laughs> no, man. I was pissed. <laughs> he kept oh, playing yeah. baseball like, after those that? Guys. Yeah, I did. They practiced at my house because I had a batting cage, and they were there. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was rough. Oh, how'd, the, how'd the rest of the seasons go? You guys didn't make it again? No, no. That was even, it. Not even close. That, that was, was That year. was the one time. Yep. That's fucked up. <laughs> Shoot. I want to hear more about his oh, deep-seated trauma there. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to have a show right after this. Um, so, yeah, I grew up there and then uh, moved to Jersey at a pretty young age. Um, lived in Jersey most of my life. Um, my parents are still there. Um, and I tried to go to college for a point in time up in Plymouth State, New Hampshire. It's mm-hmm. uh, kind of more known for partying than curriculum <laughs> at least at least for me it was i didn't do too well there. sounds like ohio state university <clears throat> i mean it, 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 they had a very interesting curriculum and course load there but before i got kicked out of school they i took a class called walking <laughs> did, you, did you pass <laughs> did you barely because barely, i didn't go that often and uh but yeah three days a week we'd meet and walk for 50 minutes Gotcha. That, that was it. Um, I think that same semester I took badminton too. <laughs> nice. So <laughs> it was. Uh, Were you a competitive asshole even at badminton? Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> dude. And, and I, all my roommates took it too. We just get wasted <laughs> and go to class. Um, and that was the same problem with walking class. It was on Friday. Walking class. Friday. Friday. I mean, it was it was such a big party school? I mean, was that just? It was probably hard for a lot of people. Yeah, they probably had it at six in the morning. Everybody's it was waking 8 up. Eight a.m. Hungover, barely walking. The class, what's, what's, the, what's the goal? It was like, the prerequisite for jogging. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, no, it no. wasn't. No. I'm like, hmm, makes sense. That, yeah. That's what we would tell people, though. Um, you take walking, you're like, yeah, well, you, you need this prerequisite to take running next year. And, uh, now, it was a big, uh, there was a lot of people for, like, PE and stuff there. It was a big adventure, edu- like, outdoor education school gotcha. and stuff like mm-hmm, that. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, it did not go well for me. Um, I got kicked out of school, and... I actually managed to somehow along that time due to some legal issues had a judge ban me from the state of New Hampshire. Court order, do not step foot in the state for the next five years. I was like, huh, didn't know that could happen. Yeah. And it did. Did, um, did you follow the rules? I did. Oh, I did. You did. <laughs> You're like, because then they would have kicked me out of the eastern United States. I did. And, uh, you know, I was uh, I was a real... Around that time, my summer jobs, for the most part, was as an ice cream truck driver. No way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I drove around ice cream trucks. Was, this, was this like from Breaking Bad, where you didn't really sell ice cream, you sold other stuff? <laughs> nah, that, that, that happened on the rare occasion, but for the most part, dude, we had these <laughs> 1960s post office trucks. Yes. And... <laughs> 
we sold Italian ices that were made. They were made in the hood, like <laughs> and, uh, in Elizabeth, New Jersey. They make Italian ices, and you go get these 1960s uh, post office trucks and drive them through the hood to you know the, uh-huh. the richer hey, kids, suburban come get towns. The sp- and, uh, <laughs> that was the worst impression ever. But it was uh, it was pretty good. But the uh, the best part about them was they'd light on fire all the time. The trucks or like oh, the, the trucks, the, would. yeah, the radiators <laughs> would explode and stuff like that. <clears throat> so me and my really good homie both were truck drivers, an icy truck, and mm-hmm. then one would be broken every day. So we'd be like, oh, we'll just ride together, and yeah, you just like ride around, drink beers, and longboard behind the truck, and you know, a bunch of times we'd have like buddies with uh, like nice internships and stuff like uh-huh. that, and we'd go hang out with them. They'd be like, Can I drive the ice cream truck? <laughs> and you're like, Yeah, dude, you want yeah. you want to drive it? Because like, yeah. you're driving, yeah. you're driving on the right side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so they'd want to drive it and just sell ices, and they go around and do that. So they'd work for you while we would just sit around playing Call of Duty. Please tell me you guys would play like the Master P on the Ice Cream Man. Like, oh. we, we, oh no, oh yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. We did. I did have a little dial though. And you had like twelve different songs you could choose from, like the Entertainer and yeah, uh, the Pop Goes one. the Weasel and stuff. So like nobody that. was changing and putting their own songs in there. We tried. We tried. We didn't. We didn't have this. We had the same technological sophistication that you guys do here. <laughs> so Twenty could, years ago, we could figure that uh, out. Man, but uh, yeah, that was really my only work experience besides yeah. like caddying and manual labor and stuff like that. And uh, you're a caddy. I, I was a caddy. I did nice. that all through middle school. Did you? Were you golfing then too, or no? Not really. It was just good money. Made a lot good of good tips. Money. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you were mm-hmm. like. 14, 13 years old, making 200 plus bucks. That sounds like fun. I saw a bunch of like random little jobs like that. And uh, I I was rock climbing a lot at the time and stuff. And there was a flyer on the wall. So tree climbers needed, no experience necessary. 200 bucks a day cash. I was like, fucking sign me up. Mm -hmm. I've been calling tree companies. I've seen these guys climbing up trees. It looked really cool. And uh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I want to climb trees. I can climb rocks. And they're like, you have experience. I'm like, no. They're like, yeah, we're not really hiring. I'm like, fuck. See this thing. I'm like, all right. Sweet. So you just seen guys climbing trees and you're just like, that's, I want to do that. Yeah. Because yeah. you were rock climbing before that. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like a great job. I, yeah. I'm outside, I couldn't sit in the desk and stuff. And <clears throat> see this flyer. I'm like, this is it. Yeah. So call the guy up. He's like, yeah, you want to start tomorrow? Cool. I show up to his house. He's like renting a room in like a halfway house. Dude's got to be like 280, five foot six, white beater on with like giant yellow pit stains down it, <laughs> white, white, white briefs on, just like slimy, uh, dirty guy. And uh, oh, he like had psoriasis of the liver or cirrhosis, whatever it's called. This was your new boss? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm like, how's it going? And he hands me a How to Tree Climb book, The Tree Climber's Companion. I flip wow. through it. I'm like, I, I, I know not. I'm good. I don't need this shit. <laughs> so he goes and he's like, all right, we're going to pick up this guy at Home Depot. You know, he, he's, yeah. he's a monkey in the tree. And, yeah. You know, he's like, you might not get to climb today. I'll pay Super you qualified. We got Super qualified. Super <laughs> qualified. I'm like, all right, that's cool. That's cool. And, and we pick him up and we're driving. The guy's like, so, you, so you're really good at climbing trees, right? He's like, no. No, never climbed a tree before. And I'm like, I got you, dude. I got you. And uh, so we show up, and they're clearing the lines. It was huge dead oak or maple something. No bark yeah. on the thing. And it was over the power lines, and power company cleared. It gave us 10, 15 feet clearance. And they go, you want to put a lifeline in the tree? I'm like, yeah, 
sure, whatever that is. You <laughs> <laughs> thought they, it was who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah, they, ta- they take my <laughs> rope. Can't a lifeline. <laughs> they, 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 they take my rope and put it up there, and I, uh, I think I just tied like a figure. I forget what I did. I just sent it up yeah. to the top. You know, this is this might be 14 years ago actually. I just sent it up to the top, and uh, you know, the guy gave me a set of spikes. I put them on the wrong feet backwards, spikes on the outside. <laughs> yes. and I was like, this I've don't seen look that right. A few times. And then I had a full body roofing harness he provided me, and that was it. And uh, I put on a munter hitch uh-huh. and just started spiking up the tree with a four six. Wow. And I just started. What tree were you climbing? This big dead one. Uh-huh. I don't even know what species it was. It was big, <laughs> big and dead. And dead. I mean, it was like it was. That was sick. your first tree. That was my first tree. It just started spiking up and just bombing stuff with the four six. Wow. And uh, it took so long in that morning that like I'd like brushed it out and there's still the wood left. What and the like hell? we were done for the day. And oh, dude, we were when we had to get the wood out. Like from the limbs were pretty big. He had a uh, like a milk crate, you know, like the little like milk crates. That was our log dolly. Like he stole it from behind Seven <laughs> Eleven. Like in the, that's what we're carting logs up a hill with. Might as well have had a shopping cart with us. And uh, yeah, that was funny. my introduction to the tree world. And uh, so, how how old were you at this point? I think I was twenty or nineteen. Wow. And uh, did he pay you at the end of the day? Yeah, got two. Were you rigging out pieces? No, or that bombing? was it. Just bombing. I Bomb. think it was on the garden beds and flowers. <laughs> like, whatever. Oh, just God. whatever. I mean, at that point, did you have any like inclination to like undercut or oh, like no. things were ripping? You're like, oh, I don't I'd, know why I did that. I'd like, never even used a chainsaw. Oh, that was my first use of a chainsaw. I could. I, it took me 30 minutes to figure out how to start it in the tree. You're like, just keep it running. Yeah. <laughs> and you just put it on there. Yep. That was it. That was oh, it. Um, but after you got done for that day, what what was going through you? Thought wise, that was fucked up. <laughs> I didn't go to work the next day. <laughs> yeah, you're traumatized. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, fast forward like a year later, I don't really remember what I did much, uh, but I I I, mat- I ended up in Colorado, and I was basically yeah, I was a hundred percent homeless, and I had a buddy like a few hours north of me. He and we had a kind of mutual friend that I had met before that had a tree service up there and uh, hassled the dude for weeks to give me a job. And finally, he gave me a job. Where was this at? Estes Park, Colorado. Oh, nice. So that's where I first. It's a pretty area, though. Yeah, that's where I first. And you were homeless. You were living on the streets? For a few weeks there. And then I was crashing on people's couches. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, so then I made it up to Colorado there and staying on my buddy's couch. And this dude put me to work. And it was definitely interesting work there. It was. we were just dropping pine beetle trees in the woods all day. You know, you do that, drag the, make burn piles and debark logs. Nice. I don't know if you guys have ever had the choice no. of debarking a log. No, we just out here when they get that dead, you just drop them and they debark themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's like this giant double razor blade thing on the end of the saw. And you put it on like the end of a four, six and it spins two blades. Psh. So you cut up all these pondos and lodge poles into, you know, manageable three to five footers in the, these death ravines at 12,000 feet elevation, and you just one by one debark every piece of bark on them. Days on end of doing that. Sounds and, uh, terrible. Dro- dropping trees and stuff. And, you know, I learned basic felling and stuff like that, limbing up trees, mm-hmm. you know. Um, <clears throat> what was the company called? Adam's Tree Service. Adam's Tree Service. Yeah, buddy of mine, Adam. And, you know, we... Uh, you still talk to him? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... It, it, and, and that, take going back to the Munter Hitch, we didn't use throw lines. 
So if we had to put a rope in a tree, we'd spike up it to the top, tie A lot of us couldn't even tie a pole in either. So we'd you'd clip a carabiner to the rope, uh-huh. and we'd munter hitch down, and that's how we'd pull the trees over. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. It was, it was a great summer job. And uh, I think I climbed up one tree and removed it or two. You know, we're at a lower the yeah. top down. That was it. And then uh, winter came and stuff, ran out of work there, and I moved back to my parents' house. Seen a tree service working. He let me borrow some gear till I got, you know, my own stuff. With the same guy? Yeah, he, let, you... he let me bring it home out back east because he wasn't oh. working in the winter. But did you go back and work with the same guy for 200 bucks? No, no, I saw another tree service. <laughs> and uh, so I go to these guys, I'm like, you need a climber? They're like, yeah, we hate our climber. We're trying to fire him. <laughs> we hate our climber. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's a drunk. He doesn't come to work. Oh, like, yeah. we hate him. And uh, <clears throat> I'm not, they're like, can you do this tree? And, you know, I've told you the amount of tree work I've done before. Uh-huh. And, you know, I've, I've lowered one top out of one pine tree. Yeah. This thing had to be like a 40-inch-ish Kodom oak, 100 foot or something, 90, over two houses and PVC fences. I was like, sure, I got this. Went to work the next day. I think I spent 10 hours just getting the brush out of it. And, oh, shit. Uh, you know, just like knowing nothing about pulleys or anything. I mean, I didn't wear helmets. I didn't wear earmuffs. I think I might have had a pair of earmuffs. No, uh-huh. no helmets, no chaps. What, I mean, where was the fear? Is there any there. fear? No. Now, why is that? I was too dumb to know it. Like, you know. I, I, what, what is it? Some people like rock climbers, right? Some people like the guy that climbed, what's the movie? Uh, Adam, Alex Hommel, Hommelin or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. like they don't produce that. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I have it now. <clears throat> well, yeah, you're older now. <laughs> yeah. You got a dad bod and yeah. a few kids. I mean, <laughs> that shit it happens, man. <laughs> so you got I, something to lose. It, yeah, I don't know. It, it wasn't there. I was a, uh, I was definitely a pretty heavy drinker and mm-hmm. stuff back then. So I don't think like that thought process and rationale worked in my head. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah. It, but it was all I knew. That, mm-hmm. That's how people did tree work. That's what I saw. You, you yeah. spiked up the tree and you cut stuff. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I was, I was climbing on a suicide taut line or the slippery taut line, a two-in-one. Yeah. Uh, no helmet, no chaps. I mean, I didn't even know what chaps on a helmet were. <laughs> I like this. And I kind of worked with that guy for a little and he let me go. Um, and then I worked with another guy across the street that was like the same thing. And that's where they actually had me climbing a lot more. And their, and their climber taught me and... You know, no helmets, no chaps, slippery suicide taut line hitch. And we would prune. That's where I started pruning trees. Mm-hmm. And we would just start steel core flip lining up these six foot wide oaks. And you get to, to prune that, them. To prune them. <laughs> <laughs> you get to that big crotch, you know, when they like burl out on that big yeah. knuckle and you're like 50 feet up. It's like 103 degree New Jersey day. You take your lanyard off and you just start gripping on the bark trying to throw the steel court lanyard up over the next crotch and that's what i would get scared then i'd be like looking down sweating gripped on this bar trying to throw a lanyard up with the wood so wide i can't hold yeah. on to it yeah. and uh yeah that's just how i learned there for a while too and uh, we did have a throw line on the truck how much time has passed from the first dead tree four or five for 200 oh, like five six years Five, six years has gone by. Solid, solid four or five. Four or five, I think. And uh, <clears throat> four or five years doing that. We did have a throw line on the truck, and that was from when the tree was so big 
you couldn't get a lanyard around it to prune it. <laughs> so you, <laughs> had, you had, you had to had throw line to the first <laughs> branch. You know, climbing on clo- closed oh, Blake man. systems and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, sometimes, like, we'd want to, like, if you wanted to set a block in another tree or a rope yeah. to rig something, I'd spike up it to go set mm-hmm. that block or rope and come down. <laughs> so, I mean... You, you can't imagine a few years later when I saw somebody install a rope in another tree uh-huh. to throw From line. Ground, yeah. My mind was blown. <laughs> like, and then I saw him do it with a block that was retrievable. Like, who, now who was that when you first seen I'll that? I'll get there right oh, now. Okay, okay. So, so then, so from there, then I went to the Asian longhorn beetle project for mm-hmm. Davy, mm-hmm. and just climbing trees all day, inspecting for bugs, and that's where I got introduced to spikeless climbing. Gotcha. And even all back then, through all that stuff, and you had no idea you could climb without spikes. No, no. I, I mean, we we've had guys here go through assessments, and they came out, and then we took them in the back, and we we're like, okay, you know, time to climb. Here we go. And he's like, no spikes. He had no idea. Yeah. And he's been climbing for five, six years, and has That's, no one's ever told him. I never even saw. I never even saw a helmet being worn. I saw I saw helmets get put put on once or twice, and that was by ground guys when we were doing trees that were so dead or with yeah. a crane that like it was a huge concern that a big dead piece would break. That's the only time a helmet was I ever saw. I saw maybe in my first four or five years of tree work a helmet worn two three. And times. how long ago was this? What year? Ten eight years ago. Eight years ago. Like not not That's that not long far. ago. Wow. Um, <clears throat> and in New Jersey, like a very yeah. populated area with yeah. a lot of tree services. Like we're and, and this is like. And you had to go five, six years, and you never seen this. Yeah, this is like these are like areas that like everyone's like commuting to New York City, like mm-hmm. super suburban areas. Like yeah. I'm not in the backwoods of like you know any you know country state. Like this mm-hmm. is this is populated area. Um, and then yeah, so I went over to Davie and learned spikeless climbing. But it was funny through all those years there, a lot of the time I found myself on a munter hitch yeah. or Grigri. Because DRT never made any sense to me, I just it didn't make sense, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I forgot to mention when I when I would climb up with the Munter hitch to do all those cuts, I'd wrap the rope around my leg like six times. That was your backup. <laughs> that so I could off. so I could use two oh, hands on the God. saw. <laughs> but yeah, for five years on and off, that's what I did. I'd switch yeah. over to a Munter hitch and, and wrap it around my leg and tie it off and make some cuts and then unwrap it and go Munter hitch somewhere. Who else. taught you how to do that? That was a rock climbing thing. Uh, so if you were like bouldering or something and you want to like rappel down and check something out, you just munter hitch down and just wrap it five, six times around your leg, you know, feel some holds or something like that and keep going. And, you know, poor man's Grigri. You just need a mm-hmm. carabiner. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the munter hitch opposed to like when I would mess around with it, the, uh, like an ATC, you yeah. could a lot more easily and fluently go up and down than an ATC with it. So the only problem was you had to lock it off. Um, but yeah, so then when I got to the USDA project, like my eyes were opened up with like foot locking and hip thrusting and setting lines. And uh, <laughs> I did that for like a year and I couldn't take not using a chainsaw anymore. So I switched to a, a residential sector of Davie there in Jersey. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> that's where I met and started working with. It was pretty much just me and Sam Cooper. Do you remember Sam? I know Sam, yep. So yeah, me and Sam Cooper, and that's where I learned most of my stuff. Okay, was back then um, from Sam. From Sam. Well, you're in good hands then. Yeah, yeah Sam, <clears throat> Sam's an animal. I actually yeah. saw him recently. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is he, he still at Davy? Well? No, he he came. He left and started. He went and worked for someone else, and things fell through, and he's kind of doing his own thing down in Virginia right now. Gotcha. He came to the uh, Naom comp. Okay. Just like randomly showed up. It, it was great. 
That's awesome. awesome. Um, it, it was funny, like him, me, and Derek. And did he just show up to show up, or did he compete? <clears throat> no, just showed up to show up. He's kind of, he kind of vanished off the face of this earth like six years ago. Why is um, that? It's a good man. Just personal stuff. Yeah, yeah. I tried to do that, and this guy sucked me back in. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I learned from him, and then <clears throat> he, uh, you know, he he used to say senders are for pussies. So I single on foot locked for a couple of years. That was it. I didn't use foot ascenders. That's probably why my, my, my neck's trashed right now, yeah. my shoulders. So in, we'd have in a, a... In your hands. Yeah, we'd have an adjustable, uh, basically a, a hitch cord lanyard that went straight to the rope branch. You'd extend that out. You'd foot lock up, and then you'd pull it back in, work off the rope branch, mm-hmm. extend it out, mm-hmm. foot lock up, and bring it back in. Um, <clears throat> and I was there for like a year or so, and then I was young and dumb, you know, whatever, 23, 24 years old, and, uh, you know, Facebook ad... Craigslist guy, you know, this is, you know, that's getting close to 10 years ago now. Eight, yeah. Eight years ago, you know, a company wants to pay me 38 bucks an hour to crane climb for them in cash. Well, Davey didn't want to match that offer. Shoot. So mm-hmm. there I went there. <clears throat> this was another good one. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when's the book coming out? What? When's the book coming oh, out? Dude, it should one day. So then this company. We had a 36-ton or a 32-ton, uh, what was the piece of shit, Terex or something? <laughs> Early 90s crane. One of those ones that's as long as an aircraft carrier. Yeah. So I just climbed off the crane. And this crane, it had two or three three sections of boom that extended. Two came out hydraulically, and the third, you had to manually like do some levers to get it to come out. Mm-hmm. Oh, they didn't know how to do that. So oh, you I, mean they had, to, they had to back the pins out and then something. scope it out? Yeah, that was a permanent fixed uh, boom. Yeah. Yeah. But that was like part of the boom to give it like 110 foot of stick. Yeah. So I just ran around to like 35 times with like 70 foot of stick <laughs> in New Jersey, just like taking 10 grand picks <laughs> all day. And like, there's also some contracting time around then too uh-huh. that was just like, because you were working for the company and you were contracting. Well, no, pre that, I'm just thinking back of like contracting and like seeing Craigslist thing for landscapers. And I was that guy. I, I was this. I was too scared. This is pre Davy. I was too scared to get real high in the tree. So I get up to it like in a 90 foot oak. I get up to like 60 feet where like you know a couple of the you know the main unions were, and I just put a rope on it and send the top. <laughs> and I thought I was such hot shit sending these huge tops over. They would just That's terrible. They, bull rope Dude, yeah. they would i would just natural crotch them and they just have like five wraps around the tree oh, and yeah. just lock it up and the tips would be over a fence mm-hmm. and they'd all be like what do we do now and i'm like yeah <laughs> your problem now <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> sit up there and chain smoke cigarettes um and that was basically while they were yeah that, that's figuring out what to do basically that's how i did crane work too because yeah. no one really showed me like you know it doesn't make sense to max out the crane because the crane can't put it down anywhere right. and uh so i did a lot of big stuff like that until i kind of learned that this didn't make sense but i mean i saw at this time the only person that was teaching you was sam yeah i'd learned that was it i'd learned a bunch from him mm-hmm. and uh did you learn this from him? No, no, no. He he he, uh, 
he's a very methodical like don't overload your ground guys but i didn't yeah. have much so i learned on the removal side like it's not it doesn't make sense to like take big stuff if yeah. your ground crew can't support it i kind of had mm -hmm. to learn on my own with the crane mm -hmm. luckily for me we had 22 inch chipper and a log truck and a 50 yard chip truck i went out every day with Mm -hmm. So sending a big pick down wasn't the end of the world. We, gotcha. had, you know, we had a log truck and a grapple chip. And this yeah, this was with the other company, not David. Yeah, with the with the non fully erected crane. was in what state at the time? <laughs> New, Jersey, New Jersey, North Jersey. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we didn't have an A to B block on this crane, mm -hmm. and I seen the ball get pulled over a couple times. Yeah, and almost just missed the operator running it. Shit. Who was like a 21 year old kid that they showed how to run the crane real quickly without a CDL or anything? Mm -hmm. And there was times he probably answered an ad in the paper for $200 cash, probably. <laughs> and there'd be times that I'd be screaming down to him because he was zoned out about to pick me up over right. it. Yeah, me I've been in that same position. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. screaming over the chipper, and they look up and they're like, oh, oh god, shit. yeah, no A to B block, yeah. And like that's kind of oh. how that company ran. Um, and you know, we we had our falling out. Um, man, how long did you work there? Might have been about a year. Okay, about a year. And uh, you know, then I went back kind of to my parents and was staying at my buddy's house and stuff too. And went back to another company I would do in and out of stints with in between mm -hmm. jobs. Um, he's a he's a New Jersey certified tree expert. I won't name him. Second generation New Jersey tree expert. Yeah. Sp mm -hmm. Spike prunes, no helmet. <clears throat> Still. Says it's, says Still. It, says, oh, yeah. Says it's fine. Doesn't hurt the trees. Been spiking them for 30 years. Yep. And, uh, you know, so that, that was like, you know, basically a majority. And then the other company, with the exception of like my two years at Davy and year, year and a half with Sam, like yeah. everything has been no helmets, no chaps, just straight cowboy tree work. <laughs> yeah. Five and, to eight years ago. Eight years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, That's uh, right there. And, yeah, so we had our falling out. And, and, you know, basically, you know, long story short, for my Jersey stint, like, I had to kind of clean up my act in life and yeah. quit drinking and other stuff. Mm -hmm. So I uh, moved to Utah to clean up my life. Why Utah? <clears throat> it was my counselor's recommendation to go to a halfway house, mm -hmm. and I could appease my PO by going to one to stay out of trouble and i kind of manipulated the system to get out of the state of new jersey because they didn't really say where they recommended me yeah. going but i always wanted to go to utah mm -hmm. um i got accepted mm -hmm. to university of utah almost went to college there but mm -hmm. you know the the I kind of got scared by the how religious it was, and, and back then, right before I went to college, like you couldn't drink at a bar. Yeah, it was in Utah. Yeah, <clears throat> no, up until, that was you know like ten years ago that to drink at a bar. It seems sounds like an oxymoron. <clears throat> I, I can't drink at a bar. So there was no public drinking. Gotcha. So the loophole to that was that bars were private clubs, and you had to be a member to go. <laughs> but we could be hanging out and want to go and you just basically pay a cover charge and that would be, be a, a one member night membership. Like, yeah, it's 20 bucks gotcha. and you as a member can bring five friends. I mean, they still you. have this in Utah. I mean, <clears throat> no, they got rid of that. I mean, recently, like in the last year or so, no, because like five or six years, but, or no, I'm sorry. I, I we were just, I was just in uh, Moab, mm -hmm. uh, like a year and a half ago, two years ago, right before COVID. And we had to go over state line because we couldn't buy alcohol on Sunday. Yeah, so they still have that. I mean, yeah, but they were getting rid of it. Connecticut's like that too. Is you it? Can't, you can't buy beer on a Sunday in Connecticut. What? 
Yeah, and uh, in Utah, it, you can only buy <clears throat> liquor and foolproof beer at a state-run liquor store. Hmm. So, you know, you got to go to liquor stores for that, or you buy that, like, half beer. <laughs> What's a half? It's, it's like, like 2%? Yeah. Yeah. But Colorado's the same way, too, yep. in the liquor yep. stores. Mm-hmm. It was, like, 2%. We were drinking, like, 1%, 2% beer. I was like, what the hell is this? So, yeah, and, and there's another state, maybe Idaho, too. So, like, Budweiser and Coors and larger companies sell them there. Um, so, yeah, this, I always wanted to live there. I go out, used to go out in the winter snowboarding and yeah. stuff like that. It seemed like a sweet place. Yeah. So, went out there. and uh, You just drove out there? Flew. Flew. My dad drove me out. And, or my dad flew me out and uh you know sh- showed up a backpack uh, and that was it I got, I got i got dropped off in a halfway house <laughs> and uh well, I you know i had to do a 90 day stint in the halfway house how was that it was fine yeah it was fine you yeah. know i had some buddies what is a halfway house uh like a recovery house yeah you know, people in and out of rehab or just yeah. trying to be yeah. with like-minded people trying to change their ways yeah. of life and yeah, m- uh, my my buddy uh, that he's going to be coming in. And this is this is something we're going to have on a podcast uh, next week. He's going to be coming in. He actually called me from here. His name's Rich Goodwin, uh, three time All American wrestler, just badass, two time Olympic. Got hooked on the booze and drugs. Lived in the Tenderloin districts for a year on the streets. Is that out here? Yeah, San Francisco. Okay, I mean it's it's the worst, and. Uh, he got straight in a halfway house, started helping out the halfway house. Now he, uh, then he worked at a methadone clinic back at the Tenderloin, been sober for like 12, 13 years now. Now he runs one of the most successful programs in uh, prison. Uh, And Newsom just gave him $15 million because he has such a successful program. And they hired seven more people to work under him because he's getting lifers in prison that are getting on parole. Really? You know, that were there. So, you know, his whole life turned around in a halfway house, you know, on there. And, you know, one of the guys that were there recovering and working with him said, man, you should teach here, dude. People listen to you. And he came back and he started teaching. And that was it, hmm. you know. And the last time he drank was they found him on the streets. Some girl threw him out on the car, out of the car, on the street. Doesn't even know who this girl was. The police found him. He was almost halfway dead. They brought him in the hospital. And... You know, you, you can't dr- die of any. You, if you go cold turkey on drugs, you can't die from it. But alcohol is the only thing he told me that Booze you can die. Booze and benzos. Booze and benzos. Yeah. What are benzos? Xanax and stuff like that. So if you cut cold turkey, you can die. On if those. you have a hefty enough habit for a long enough amount of time, you you can die. You shut down. Yeah. yeah cause, same, same with alcohol. But yeah. Coke heroin all that stuff you just hate your life his liver started shutting down he thought he was dead in the hospital and came out and now now he coaches wrestling he has his own jiu-jitsu school and that yeah he's awesome so he's gonna be on the show uh here soon because because one of the things we want to discuss on the show is you know we we speak about you know safety 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 but we're always talking about it in the field we're never really discussing it after you get off work and a lot of these guys that uh, go through some stuff, you know, and that are on drugs, that, you know, have a drinking problem and stuff. So I want to bring awareness to our organization and, and to our own companies on this kind of stuff because people are dealing with this every day and they're coming into work and they're not fit for duty. 
you know, every single day. So how can we help them? How can we work with them? I mean, that was me to a T, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I lived it, too. I can think of I think I can think of years like drinking beers and whiskey in yeah. the shower before going to work, you know, drinking beers at work. And, you know, yeah. I, I was your pretty st- <clears throat> stereotypical drunk tree guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, I actually I actually noticed a huge <clears throat> click in tree work for me is, you know, I, I worked at such like a like smaller not mindset but like a, a a a handicapped capacity due to like you know drugs and alcohol doing tree work every day and I'm crushing big work that when I quit it all. Like I remember before, like I fully quit drinking and stuff. I remember like going on a couple day stands yeah. that I, I wouldn't use anything and I'd be clear headed. Yeah. And I remember going to go do like some big gnarly like black oak crane removals. Yeah. And just like bopping around the tree. I'm like, oh my God, this, this is, is so easy. <laughs> like when your mind's not all fucked up and faded, like yeah. this all just makes sense. Uh-huh. So, you know <laughs> And this is where the fear kicked in? Yeah, that's when that's when I started getting fearful after that. <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking, um, you know, and then it was actually much like Jared. I did have a tree uproot with me in it too. I'll get to that. But uh-huh. th- then a lot of fear kicked in after that one. Um, so you're at the halfway house, and I mean, did you when you were going to the halfway house, were you just like this is bullshit, this is whatever? I'm just appeasing my yes, PO. Yes or, and no. I I, or, I I woke up one day and was just kind of over it. Yeah. Like I just, I knew the way I was living mm-hmm. wasn't the way to live, but I didn't know yeah. how to stop it. But I was just over it. Yeah. I, I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't know what to do. So, you know, reached out for help. And uh, I figured, you know, I was told to me, I, I didn't really want to go to one. I, I thought, you know, eh, well, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I, I remember my old man saying to me, like, this is where your thinking got you. Like, Let's listen to someone else's thinking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? It rang, it rang true to me right there. That like, you know, is what? some I, wisdom right I gotta, there. You know, this is what got me here. So I got to start listening to someone else. So I did. And I listened to what everyone said. And, and you know, I, I went through it. And I had, you know, my issues there with yeah. the guys that ran the place and stuff, which, you know, to my defense, the dude's a complete shit cunt that everyone hates that I, I know that knows him. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking loser. So... <laughs> Rightfully, I didn't like him. But in any event, while I was there, back on the nope. Craigslist. Nobody could like a shit cut. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you gotta, exactly. Nobody likes a shit cut. So that's a question. One, how do you tell the difference between an old possum and a young possum? And two, what's a shit cut? <laughs> it's a shit cut. It's a shit cut. I got a buddy of mine, Maka, uh, <clears throat> from Australia. Yeah. And he used to come up with me. He, he'd, a couple times he helped me in some big binds uh with work when i was trying to grow yeah. two crews or just completely understaffed i'd be like dude i'll buy you a plane ticket just come stay with me for three months stay with me for two months i'd pay him and then he'd go road trip around the country for a month and uh that's where i got it from shit cunt shit cunt but there's different <laughs> shit cunts there's fucking shit cunts like that guy was a shit cunt or like jared's a shit cunt like you can you you can use shit cunts, and it's just like cunt. You know, there's a few ways. If you can be yeah. a real good cunt yeah. or just a fucking cunt. So a shit cunt goes both ways. I can't, but. I can't wait to so see it be what good we get. And it be what, bad. We get, what kind of responses I we know. get from this game. Oh, great. man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Close call. Shit this guy was a bad shit cunt. Um, yeah, back on the Craigslist, and what yeah. do you know? Um, a mile down the road is tree service hiring. Shocker. Um, <laughs> so I go and work for this guy. And 
he uh, we had like an F three fifty, an F Super Duty, so it was pre yeah. the four fifties and stuff. Yeah, um, Mason dump gasser. I think it was yeah. ninety two or ninety one, and like a ninety two brush bandit two fifty, and no hydraulic lift on it. I don't think and. I think the turbo was gone or something. When you overloaded it with uh, wood, a big piece of wood, it would just billow black smoke, and it would block out the sky. Oh, like man. it probably looked like when that asteroid hit the dinosaurs. <laughs> Brightest, sunniest days in Utah. Be like, Bruh. and you look up and like you can't see the sun anymore. And, oh uh, man, like that for a chipper and like a maybe a '91 or an '88 yeah. bucket truck. So you can imagine how that thing was. Um, I actually saw him flip the bucket one day. He had the boom up and then down on the ground, and he was pulling the truck up and hit a pothole, and the whole thing fell over and <laughs> just crushed the bucket. No way. And uh, yeah, he was good with fiberglass. He was a boat guy, so he just like fiberglass repaired the thing oh, and called good. it good. That's yeah. it. It's fine. Yep. That was it. And uh, so I worked for him for about a year, and then uh, you know I, I saw the market we were in there. There really wasn't anyone in Park City. And I mean, everyone knows Park City, like big town, no real big hitters there. Um, you know, the other competition, like they're running dump trailer, one company, another one had like a 12 inch chipper and a five yard chip truck or a six yard chip truck. <clears throat> also on our Mason dump, it was particle board sides, but they weren't screwed in. So every time you went to chip, you'd have to stand them up <laughs> and then you chip in and sometimes they fall over. You have to stand you go them back up, up there. Yes. Put a stick in there. The chips hit the stick, knock the stick down and get back up. It, and back exactly. Up. That, that was it. Um, oh, <clears throat> and then when you dump, the particle boards would fall on the side and the plywood. So you have to pull it out from under the chip, chip and put up. it back in the truck. <laughs> and yeah, I worked for about a year. I think it was year and a half because i started with him in june worked june july august yeah. september and then winter came and winter came and i went to go try to work at the ski mountain and try to be a snowmaker it seemed like a cool job work all, work all night like and i got on craigslist and there was an ad yeah. looking for a snowmaker exactly. <laughs> drive snowmobiles and stuff and uh it sucked and they paid like 10 bucks an hour and i just couldn't get behind that um <laughs> so i got on facebook again it seems like a terrible job it seems so it's cool so too, boring it seems i mean just, just be up there on the slopes i would be like oh, on a snowmobile on a snowmobile cool. all night you just bomb yeah. around the mountain on a snowmobile but, turn and turn machines yeah <laughs> but you know what you know what got me with it though is they thought they were the hottest motherfuckers ever. Like, they had the most hardcore, badass, dangerous job. They're like, you got to be careful with that pressurized water. And, like, they'd walk around. <laughs> <laughs> like, they'd walk around. Like That's making ice up there. There'd be these little, these little manhole things. You better wear two gloves you, for this. You'd go down, and they were, like, three feet deep where you have to turn on the water in yeah. the air. They're like, That's the most dangerous part of this job. And be all serious. And I just couldn't take these guys, like, thinking they were so macho. You ever got frostbite? And uh, I got on brain freeze. I got on Facebook, and I was like, "Oh, I'm looking for some work." I forget what group I was in, or just my public page. And Tobias hit me up. I don't even know how to say his fucking last name. From um, what, what, North Carolina. Tobias. Um, yeah, it starts yeah. with a W. Yeah, yeah. And he hit me up and was like, "Yo, we're looking for some contract guys. You want to come out?" I was in North Carolina at Hartwood, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Sure." And, uh, you know, like the times were tough then. Like I remember like, I'd have to call my dad and ask him to lend me 200 bucks. to get a one-way plane ticket. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> tell him, tell him. 200 bucks. <laughs> 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 Everything. 
200 bucks. <laughs> 200 bucks. They're hiring. 200 take. bucks. <laughs> Maybe 150 for the plane ticket. But yeah, I'd get, I'd go out and then, uh, you know, there you go. Come back. Why again? Why again? Why again? Yeah. But I mean, those were some of the best tree climbing work days of my career ever. I'd go out there and the crew there at the time, it was me, Jeff Perry, Jesse Huffman, Cowboy, Jeremy Donovan, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Humphreys, Cormac was going there contracting, and Tobias. Yeah. I mean, it was just absolute carnage, wrecking crews. <laughs> and like, we had so much fun. Um, and I got really good at tree climbing there too. Um, I was still single line foot locking, trying to watch everyone around me. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been in North Carolina, you have probably. They got these monster, like 110, 120 foot willow oaks. Yeah. Huge things. And they would do 10% reductions on them. <clears throat> every branch you'd reduce 10, oh come on 10 percent. so you got real good at climbing so watching these other guys with their little foot ascenders and stuff i was like god i'm an idiot so that's when i that's, that's, that's when uh you know i started you know I, I definitely learned a bunch of tricks and stuff from like jeff perry and those guys there then um and uh you know and definitely i think i think around then that was probably seven years ago I think Facebook started getting a lot popu- more popular with tree climbers, and you can kind of you have to weed weed through the crap and the right. stupid stuff, but you can start finding the good stuff there um, and important <laughs> stuff. But Hartwood is when I really uh, my eyes were like open to the way tree companies can be and should be and stuff. You know, I'd seen the iron that people needed and and the way to efficiently do work with minis and stuff like that, and uh, and then I and then I saw over there not much minis i hadn't seen minis then but i'd seen big equipment cranes big chippers large capacity chip trucks what year was this roughly this was seven years ago okay 2014 and uh so i go there back and forth you know learning stuff getting better at my climbing and stuff and then you know went back to utah and you know in heartwood i saw i'm like dude all these trucks have grcs's on them like rigging kits like the way things should be went back worked with my boss um you know, some kind of rudimentary tree work. And, you know, towards the end of that year, I was like, I needed, I was like, I should start my own tree company. Um, I had tried it in New Jersey. I had a chip truck and I'd rent a chipper and stuff and do side jobs. Um, what was the company called? Ryan's Tree Service. Ryan's Tree Service. <laughs> of course. <that's- laughs> We'd remove a tree for $200. <laughs> for $200. Hey, how much you got in the sun? $200. And I put the ad on Craigslist. Um, you take the wood? $200. <laughs> yeah, I, did a, I did a couple jobs and how stuff. How much prove it? $200. And, but it, it was cool. I, I, had little, I had a little chip truck and stuff there. Um, I actually, after the end of my <clears throat> de- degenerate jersey years, um, I had such far back paid rent on my yard spice I, I rented. Oh, the guy man. parked a truck in front of me, and I had to sell my truck just to pay him just the to get money out. I owed him. How much you owe him? Two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars. I actually felt bad. I actually felt bad too because I think my mom sold it to me to this kid. He called me. I'm like, yeah, dude. Told him about the truck. He drove it around with a mechanic. It was fine, and he bought it. You know, a couple grand. And uh, he called me later that day, freaking out that like the motor blew up. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. I'm living in Utah right now. Yeah. He was pissed. I want my money back. I'm like, no. <laughs> no like, yeah. You came up with your mechanic. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. He just abandoned the thing on yeah. the side of the no road. No way. And my, my cell phone number was spray painted on the side of the what truck. Kind of truck. 
Let me guess. It was a '86 GMC. Close. No, what is international. it? International. International. So that's a great truck, it, though. DT four six six forty three four 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 four. Okay. So it had the seven three non aspirated ah. non diesel three speed. Wow. And thing was it a was turd. a flatbed. That, <laughs> it, yeah. It was a flatbed that dumped, but also on the flatbed in front of the chip box were the toolboxes. So the toolboxes dumped with the truck. <laughs> yeah. I got I one of those. Too. I got I'm not going to lie. I'll show, you, I'll show you a picture uh, of it later. I still have a picture. I still have mine. I have an 81 International with the, the DT4 six ten speed. Oh, you at least had, oh, yes. Yeah, it, mine was like a three or yeah. four speed. And the H Tool pattern. Tool on it, too. The, <laughs> the, the, the H pattern thing was gone in the floor, so the whole shifter would, like, yeah. float <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> you couldn't find the gears. <laughs> and uh, oh, man, so that's I, I thought I was like, I need to, I need to, uh, I need to, like, I need to start my own tree company. Like, you know, I saw what my boss was doing. And he was seasonal. He'd work maybe six months. And then he'd go down to Florida and work for six months. Or, like, hang out for six months on his sailboat. And so as I was thinking that and stuff, at the, at the end of, towards the end of that year, in, I don't know, October, November, he, uh, he approached me and he was like, do you want to buy my company? Mm-hmm. I was like, Yeah. Yeah, you know, honestly, I've been thinking about trying to figure out how to get a loan to start my own. Like, we should definitely talk about this. And uh, so we talked about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, I told you the equipment he had. You know, you boiled down once you deleted duplicates and, and customers with not full information and stuff. I think there was like a 100-person client list. Yeah. Super small. You know, yeah. his, his highest year in business um, – which was his third or fourth year of my second year with him. I think we grossed like a hundred, 110 grand, very small, mm-hmm. basically just me and him and a ground guy. And, uh, and like, it just so magically worked out that right at that time, I'll just tell you. So, you know, the numbers, he wanted 75 grand for the company, mm-hmm. 50 grand up front, 25 grand over, two or three years, like either two or three year payments, no interest. So when I was 21 at this age, this I'm I'm at 20 age 27 there at age 21 on St. Patrick's day, I was skateboarding home from the bar and I got fucking like T boned by an 80 something year old wasted dude dressed (laughs) as a leprechaun. Okay, wait, 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 wait. You're back up here. Killing me. <laughs> so, no way. Dressed up like a not, leprechaun. Not, not T bone, but he hit yeah. me with like his front mirror and and light. Um, yeah, like an eighty something year old just blacked out drunk driving home from the bar. <laughs> you got hit from an eighty year old leprechaun. Yep. You think your shoulder was... things from climbing, dude? No, it's probably from so. So I don't remember it. I'd only had a few drinks. I was on the side of the road taking my time. And, you know, at the time I, I, I had two DUIs, so I didn't drink and drive. Uh, I skateboard. A, I couldn't get a third. I skateboarded. Skateboarded. <laughs> I longboarded. And, yeah. uh, you know, a favorite pastime of me and my buddy that we drove the ice cream truck together, we'd pick up an 18-pack of beer and just skateboard all night. Yeah. Yeah. Just drink, drink in a backpack, just drinking beer, skateboarding. And that, that's what I did for years of my life. Uh-huh. Um, so he nailed, he nailed me when I was 21. I guess I went flying like 30 feet in the air and hit like the curb or some shit and then it's probably why I'm a little slow and uh (laughs) I like woke up in the trauma center and I was actually fine um you woke up in the shit yeah I had to get some like stitches in my eye and like the corner of my eye and kind of jacked up my knee and my wrist really bad and and your back 
probably that's when a log fell on me. <laughs> a, a like twenty like a inch, cat. twenty inch, fifteen foot long log rolled off a boom truck on top of me and crushed me. At Pete, the, at the so who's company. grateful? Pete. Pete. Pete said a few drinks. That was my old man. <laughs> oh, is that is your pops? Oh, yeah. uh, no, no. It's it says uh, Pete, uh, grateful Pete. eight. He said again, I can confirm these stories. My old man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's gonna be the perfect one to get on here after for questions. <laughs> yeah, stay on here. We'll we'll have you on here to confirm uh, all the stories and the stories that we. Uh, that we haven't heard yet. You'll have to hear some I'll new stories. Some ones. Okay. So just so coincidentally, fast forward six years later there, um, <laughs> I got a lawsuit settlement of 50 grand. Shut up. Score, there's your business. Bought the business. Um, but it was for 50 grand. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. That's business. And, Meant uh, to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and this was like a seasonal little business. And he, I went to college to be like an, a science, an environmental something. I don't even remember what. <laughs> environmental <laughs> studies was my major. Like, I, I'm just a tree guy. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I didn't go, I barely graduated high school. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, here I am with my own tree business. And, um, you know, but I'd seen from the East Coast and stuff like that, you know, things that I, I aspire to be with the tree company yeah. and I, I I brought kinda even in the Utah market, nobody had a crane. Like there was I think like five years ago, like the first tree company in Utah bought a crane. Mm-hmm. Everyone's running twelve inch chippers. I bought the first mini skid steer being used in the state of Utah like five years ago. Um and you know, it was just it was just me and a guy. I had two random kids, and you know, I did all the climbing, all the sales, everything. And you know, we did that for about a year, and I slowly started getting bigger equipment. I got a 15 inch more bar. I got a Boxer 532. I built like a 18 yard chip truck. Um, and you know, I never marketed. Um, I just, for the most part, answered my phone unless I was in a tree. And then, you know, I told you I'd be there at 8 for an estimate. I was there at 7.45. Mm-hmm. I told you I'd be there on June 30th to do the work. I'd be there on June 30th. If a customer wasn't happy, I went back and fixed it for free. Unless they were so out of line that, mm-hmm. you know, I bit my tongue. I mean, right. you guys have hung out with me enough. I, I, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't mind saying what's on my mind. The, <laughs> the first time we hung out, I remember sitting there and there was – guys from another training company working and i just remember sitting there hearing you you know why are they doing this and i just I'm like man this guy there's no filter he is saying exactly what's on his mind and i didn't know you and i was just the quiet guy in the corner just listening to everybody I'm like huh uh-huh. yeah got it that's because jared didn't set up a drop zone to a <laughs> distance away <laughs> it's my fault uh, i i Man, I remember that day. I'm like, oh, here's the, here's the guys, the A teams going in there. Here we too. go. I'm like, as soon as that happened, I'm like, he hates me. It's all my fault. Who me? No, <laughs> when all that went down, I was just thinking, oh man, it's gonna be. A How'd you recover from that when when it didn't it didn't go Whoa. where it was supposed to go? I remember you were something like, like yeah, we said. So this was a scenario <laughs> I wanted to show you guys that it doesn't always go as planned. That's it. That's it. You know, there was a good portion of the story there was a couple clubs you know we we uh we executed the plan but you know it didn't go 
as planned, and we were prepared to take that risk, and it was successful, just not 100% the way we wanted it. But we showed them why it wasn't successful. Right. And it was because we didn't install blocks in the tree because we were right. trying to show them the quickest way of doing something, mm-hmm. and it held the rope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we couldn't we couldn't take X amount of torch, you know, tension. And I mean, there, like was, a, there was a lot to it. Wasn't it was there a, good a, learning fake, experience. a fake barn or something? There you was. Set up there. It was, yeah, there it was nothing wrong run. with the whole thing. Everything went was perfect. You know, in in besides the damaged barn. You know, it, it's it's minor. The barn, <laughs> the barn was fine. Everything was fine. I think it was like, oh, if there was a fence over here. And maybe would have came back in. The I did cut a little extra through my holding wood, I, I, but oh. to my defense, it was a, <laughs> now it comes it out. Was, it's Thank come you, There we oh, go, everybody. Oh, oh, baby, I cut a little bit through my holding wood. Oh man, uh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> it but yeah, you know, so so I, I did that with customers always. And, I train uh, with you any day. That's okay. You know, shit happens. It was. It, it, it's like you always say too. It's like you, you got 500 people there. And you got to take the most rudimentary thing and overcomplicate it. To the most overcomplicated thing that you can think of, yeah, and hope it works. You know, it's 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 tree work, and nothing's obsolete. And what we're doing is we're trying to give examples and scenarios. And as trainers, you take the risk of putting yourself out there, be able to put these random scenarios together in a in a format that's unknown, and have three hundred plus people there watching you. It's easy to critique when you're sitting out there, sitting behind that tape, saying, oh, you should have done that, should have done that, should have done that, until it's your turn to go up there and do it. It's like, I don't want to do that, you know? And so, and that's okay. And and, and that's making everybody realize and understand that, hey, there's learning experience from if it goes perfect or bad, you know? Brandon Nance online said uh, you handled it like pros. I I I will like to add, though, that floating the logs into the dump trailer oh, went on, amazing, dude. and everyone loved it. Yeah, that was cool. That was, it was cool. That was cool. That was cool. No, that was. I. What's the, what's like, the Billy Madison? You are now ah, having experience and listening. <laughs> when you started, like that's ah. how I felt. I'm like, I would never do this. And it goes, and no. everybody's they like, loved it. they loved it. I'm they like, loved no. It. I'm like, stop laughing. I'm like, this it. is he stupid. Thought it was... Yeah. Anyway, that's just. But me. then you went over from one tree to the other through that, the same way. No, I did it because no. we all voted, and the vote was to do that, so we did it. No, he did yeah. that because Jared Abergino was showing off his he was world champion tree climber skills because of so <laughs> so called training group calling us what? out on that stuff. He was trying to to, to get everyone's attention on him, which oh. he did. Well, he kept yelling down, Phil, are you taping this? You, they stopped, you taping they stopped this? watching their presentation to watch you climbing. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I was just trying to prep my shit. I'm like, <laughs> 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 no, it wasn't like that. It wasn't. Uh, I wasn't trying to be a jerk. It was all, all, all good. That's funny. But yeah. Fuck so you started guys. your company. Mm-hmm. So, fuck those so there guys. We, so there we were. <laughs> so oh, fuck those guys. Anyways. <laughs> I was laughing about that with Derek. No, was it that one? It was. So, uh, I how, how can you tell this is a cottonwood? Because of the way it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Oh, man. Uh, I, I honestly thought that day, I'm like, you're going to freaking kill somebody. Like, I was waiting for you to just be like, you're a fucking idiot! <laughs> like, out loud. And I'm like, 
Oh, do I know Ryan right now? This is the first time I met you. I'm like, I'm like, I didn't say anything. I'm like, is this guy gonna go off on me? What is he gonna do? I don't know. So mad at them. Um, Either way, whatever. That's old news. So yeah, I like them now. You know, like I, I didn't even want to come to the show, but Jared paid me two hundred dollars to come be a part of it. <laughs> I was told he would cook breakfast too. Uh, he came for the breakfast. Oh, um, if anybody wants Ryan to do some side work, just put an ad in the Craigslist for two hundred bucks. He will box. find it, no matter what state. I will find it. I will just search two hundred dollars. You know what we should work. do? We should do like a candid deal. Uh, like put that out there and be like, "Climber wanted." We show up like two hundred bucks. You and I will show up and just freaking and they're like what bomb the somebody's heck? job out real quick and be like peace and we get it all on all oh on yes that and would be like, good they're the like two hundred bucks <laughs> holy shit it'd be sweet if they're used to like some random like Craigslist hacks and like I've done that before too like done a three day job in a half day and had the boss come and be furious <laughs> like I had day rates on this for three days and I'm like. <laughs> Yep. They're like, what am I supposed to do? I can only bill them for a day now. What are we supposed to do the rest Sucks of the to suck. week? I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Oh, like, You're going to pay me. I can just see that guy, if you guys showed up the next day or next week, he's like, what if I put $300? What guys do I get for $300? Holy shit. I might up this at $350. Um, but yeah, so, so, we, so I got the company there and... You know, I was kind of doing my own thing, answering the phone, doing estimates, and you know, the winners, my two guys would go and ski, and I was yeah. just kind of a ski bum. I'd plow for fun just to like help pass the time, yeah. And uh, started doing some contract work like out in Iowa in the middle of winter, and uh, for a buddy of mine, Steve Weiss. And he's got a really cool operation there. And it's just huge cryptic oaks for these like rich farmers in the middle of farm fields that were just absurd. These big bur oaks, yeah. um, really fun to climb. And, and I came back and, you know, I just kept doing my tree thing and we got a little bit bigger and, mm-hmm. you know, things, things were heating up and I knocked up my girlfriend <laughs> and, uh, and there I was, there I was, <laughs> there I was about to have a kid. She was working full time and uh the company was kind of big enough. Like we we're I think we we're making enough that we were like, Okay, like you can just answer the phones and it'll be okay. And like, you know, we can pay you, you can leave your job, raise the kid, awesome. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'll fast forward like another two years later and I got six full time crews. Fuck. Ops guy, multiple sales guys, full time mechanic, me How many years later? This was my fifth year in business. <laughs> okay, wait. Unbelievable. We're going to stop it right here. We're going to take a break. Okay? Five-minute break. All right. Everybody at home, this is going to get good. So make sure you go take a piss, grab a beer, come back, because this is – I'm excited to hear about this. All right. Let's All go. Right. All right. So here, let's recap for everybody that's listening. So we have uh, – you were, you were an ice cream man, oh. kinda, because well, you owned an ice cream truck, but everybody else was selling your ice cream. No, I I, I worked for one. It was Italian ice. Okay, Italian okay. Ices. And then you were living on the streets. You got kicked out of your own uh, state. Uh, your first job was two hundred dollars, and you removed a huge dead tree. You learned a lot from Davy Tree, Sam Cooper. Uh, 
and then your dad gave you some some great advice and said, you got this far, listen to yourself. How about listen to somebody else? Uh, uh, staying in a halfway house, Utah. You got hit by an 80-year-old leprechaun, <laughs> and you bought your first tree company. And, you know, part of the success in the beginning was, you know, promise made, promise kept. You said you were going to do it, you did it, yep. you know, from there. And and now here we are. You, your girlfriend's pregnant. Business for $50,000. You said they were going to sell it for fifty. Leprechaun hit you, gave you a pot of gold of 50000 Yep. <laughs> okay. You bought your business. <laughs> and now here you are running a tree company. Clueless. Clueless. Yep. I mean, I mean, does anybody ever start a tree company knowing what to do, or they all start clueless? Maybe all those guys that left that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, and that, that that always interests me. Hearing someone start a business, being an entrepreneur, going out there from not knowing anything and just figuring it out from a Craigslist ad to now owning your own business in Utah, halfway across the country from where you're from. And you're figuring it out, you know? So take us from there, you know, from where you're at. So the, 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 the beauty part of it that made it work so well um, was my, my girlfriend, now wife, is definitely the brains of us, too. Um, you know, graduated college, whole family is in a, comes accountants from Dartmouth, so she's kind of got that nerdy type a brain and how'd you meet her met her in utah through You're friends like, craigslist craigslist <laughs> 200 bucks 200 bucks <laughs> craigslist oh she's killing you uh, is she on it. here right sorry. now no she she actually might be she, oh she, man if sorry i apologize i did not mean it <laughs> oh my gosh that would make it a so where, where'd you meet her <laughs> through mutual friends in utah okay and uh not for 200 dollars and uh <laughs> You know, so, so, so she was kind of building her career, super career driven. And, yeah, you know, I wanted kids. She didn't. And she was like, if we're going to have kids, we got to do it now. And, and yeah. you know, I tell, I tell all my buddies now that are thinking about having kids, but she told me, it's one of the other things that I'll never forget being told to me is there's no good time to have a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I was trying to grow my business. I was like, yeah. well, you know, let me acquire some more debt. And pay some loans off, you know, and, and yeah. then I was like, but I'm just going to get more debt and I'm going to have more loans to pay off. And I was like, all right, fuck it. And I, I thought the same thing, you know, <clears throat> like, oh, once I get past this year, once I get this, yep. I will. And there is never a good time, never, you know, out there. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if I told you, oh, I did tell you, yeah, my, you my wife's pregnant. You know? Congrats, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. She's, so I think six weeks. Yeah. Now is the time. So. Oh boy. I never yeah. thought about it. I was just like. More loans, more babies, <laughs> all of it. Perfect time. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we're going to have a kid and, uh, you know, things, sh- she wanted to really raise the kids. Uh, it was, it was kind of a goal of her to be a very present parent and, yeah. you know, so it came to that point and we, uh, it made sense. She put in like six months notice at work. She was, uh, like the director of a battered women's shelter, mm-hmm. um, give an ample amount of heads up and, you know, was going to come and just answer the phones for me. And, you know, right around that time too, I proposed to her just on a whim. Um, yeah, I'd gotten a watch and I needed it fitted. So I went down to the jewelry shop to take some bands out. I was there and I was like, eh, might as well just buy an engagement ring while I'm here. 
You just knew. I just just went home, went on a walk. I was like, oh, let's get married. I just just that that day I figured it out. <laughs> is it, now is that? I mean, is that kind of normal in your life? I mean, oh, yeah. there was a day you're just like, ah, I'm gonna open a business. Yeah. Ah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna I, go be a tree guy. Yeah. Ah, I, th- I think I'm gonna get married. I think ah. it's, I think it's a uh, it's a double edged sword of mine. Like I, I can just think of answers real quick and do it and deal with the consequences, you know, because I kind of find, especially in running a business or, you know, fast forward to when I was like running a branch for yeah. Save a Tree and still, you know, a lot of things come at you, especially as a business owner. And if you sit there dwelling on what if, what if, what if, yeah, nothing gets done. Yeah, And, you know, I try to tell guys I know, like, just shoot for 80%. Yeah, you, you know, so you know, but yeah, it has bit me in the ass too. Just like, ah, let's go buy this truck today, and it's like, fuck, why did I do that? Like the next next week, you're like, what was I thinking? Um, Never <clears> use <throat> truck. That's one of the twenty percent times it doesn't work. Uh-huh. But yeah, so that's kind of you know, I, I am like that at times. Um, you know, so we got engaged, whatever. We got ma- married years later. Um, so. She was answering the phones and stuff, and and work just kept picking up and picking up, and you know finally then I hired a sales guy, and you know we 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 went through all the growing pains like that every business does. You know you got to learn how to teach a sales guy, you know, to write things the way you want written, uh, mm-hmm. how, how you're going to schedule work, how you're going to schedule their estimates, how you're going to schedule crews, um, and, and kind of when the sales guy started there is when we grew to two crews and you know i had a really good right hand man and he was running my second crew and things were jamming and stuff and we we're just running two crews i think that was the third year into the business and you know i love iron i just kept buying shit because i don't want to pay any taxes so uh-huh. i had it backups on backups you know like <laughs> running two crews i got four chippers <laughs> you know or, or four minis you know i just i always had backups yeah. because uh-huh. You know, a big part of that was our, our our work window was so short. You know, we could really only fully operate for six months of the year, and the rest of the time, some of our high elevation customers we couldn't get to. So, a chipper being down for a week was detrimental to your mm-hmm. PL. Oh yeah. And uh, so, I always wanted backups, but because of the loans or just spending all the money, you know, to, to actually be making money, I had yeah. to keep adding crews. And you know, my wife kept adding crews i'm like stop adding crews fuck what do you mean your wife was adding crews? so she was doing all the back end work stuff she she so she was advertising people were coming in nobody was, was ad- hiring we weren't advertising but we just kept kind of hiring people and splitting up i, I like the big motley crew setup like six guys just raping and hammering so down yeah <clears throat> i got a question so during this time as you guys are growing are you getting guys that you're you're bringing in and training up or are these guys coming in mainly with with experience? Every in- every guy was new and green. Every so, so what I mean, what'd you do with these guys when they came in? It was there a plan put in place, or just kind of threw them out there and you worked closely with them? Did you have? I I worked with them, you know, for my for when I grew up to like two crews. Yeah, um, I was pretty much with them every day teaching yeah. them stuff, and we had a little bit of more rudimentary tree work out there. There was a lot yeah. of just felling trees in the woods and stuff like that, and you know, just dropping trees, and you know, just the mini would yeah. grab it, chip the tree hole. Um, but I was a big believer in hydraulics. Gotcha. You know, I, I still am a firm believer. Is that in, in, in a week or so? I can teach a guy how to properly fell a tree and basic knots, maybe mm-hmm. two weeks. After that, I can put him in a bucket truck, and he's a better climber than me. 
because I don't care who you are, even if you're the Jared Abergina. Mm-hmm. He can't outclimb a bucket truck five days a week, no. all day. No. So I'd buy bucket trucks and, and other machinery <laughs> to make work easier so I could take guys with less experience and have them do right. more complicated stuff so I could split up with the more you know, less experienced guys doing bucket work and felling stuff while I did all the bigger stuff. Smart. Um, Smart. And then, you know, guys over time learn. Someone teach you that? Or, I mean, did you just kind of pick it up and just like. It just made sense to me Mm -hmm. to do it that way. Um, You know, I actually bought a bucket truck out of necessity. My my first loan I got was on a 30-yard chip truck from uh, Timberland Trucks out of Virginia. Real nice truck. Yeah. Removable top and stuff. Used chassis, new box. And. Like everything, you know, you're a new tree guy, and you're like, oh, cool, be here March 1st. Well, yeah. that's really coming June 18th. And yeah. uh, <clears throat> I was losing jobs. I'd sold my chip truck. I had a chipper, and I had nothing to chip into. <laughs> so I just was like, fuck it. I just bought a, I just bought a bucket. Truck. I bought a bucket truck. Just a like, chip into Just a chip into <laughs> A forestry <laughs> package. A forestry, yeah. forestry package, bucket yeah. truck, used bucket <laughs> truck, like an 04 GMC. Yeah. Um, yeah. Drained my personal account. I yeah. had no money in the business account. It was all the money in my personal account. Just bought it in cash. And uh-huh. it was like, hopefully we have a good enough year this year that I can pay myself back for this truck. And, uh, you know, we did. But, you know, and then because that was my theory then too. I'm like, okay, perfect. My guys can run the bucket while I do the climbing. So this will work really well. Uh-huh. So I was already like equipment heavy right then. And mm-hmm. uh, I just kept doing that. Yeah. And I kept draining my personal account and draining my, my business account to just buy equipment mm-hmm. and he didn't want to pay taxes but i also love equipment right. and things just kept ramping up and, and luckily jess on the back end there you know she was figuring out like jobber and scheduling systems and susan jobber we yeah we switched to jobber pretty quickly on it's from what um, nothing yeah. from, from my my yellow legal notepad yeah. <laughs> and every, everything from in, nothing everything every, everything nothing. in my head nothing. like i i could i could i could i could run like two days of 10 estimates each day and then like the third day write them all up and just remember it yeah um and then that's why i had to be on every job because like i i just would send prices i never wrote what the work was it was just in my head yeah so that was a hard transition like and it was still a downfall of mine. Like, yeah. you know, even towards the end there, I, I'd go and do estimates and like, I would just send a price and, and the description would say, send Ryan, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> call Ryan in Ryan's head. And uh, uh, just hated it. Oh gosh. Like, I got, like, we have systems. Why don't you follow the systems? <laughs> so she was building up the back end really well, especially with customer bases yeah. and everything like that, getting the right information. Um, but you know, we still weren't advertising. I had a website. Yeah. That was it. And uh, yeah. you know, we kept growing and growing, and we reached a point that I was running five crews, had one sales guy, and two people in the office, and I ran a crew every single day. And you know, as a growing tree company, you don't have new equipment. Most of my trucks were '04s, yeah. '06s, newer chippers, newer minis. Because I always thought that the chippers and the minis are what made the money, yeah. the trucks, whatever. You got five crews out, and you're trying to run your own, producing every day. I was dealing with every issue possible mm-hmm. too, being the ops guy, and I, I was like at the brink end. Um, yeah, I think I think we were. My wife was pregnant, about to have a second kid then too. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was just losing it. And, and for the most part, every morning, you know, four or five crews of guys would show up and the jobs were just, I just would look at the jobs on the calendar and just divvy up guys and equipment. That's every how, morning. That's how I started my mornings, every morning. 
So you just went there, cup you of coffee. That, you take that. All right, what do you got today? Okay, let me see. Okay, Joe, Mike, Larry, uh, take this. It's down. Okay, take this or pick one of the seventeen chippers out there up back. Yeah, and that's what that's what we do. Not only that, but also all the gear was just in a pile in a shipping container. Everyone would just grab whatever. Because everything you were doing, you were growing so fast. You were adding crews. You were adding a shit ton of equipment. You were just figuring this stuff out as it goes. As it goes. Was there any mentors that you were working with or helping no. you or saying, no. don't do this or do that? No, nope. nope. didn't talk to anybody. Because um, you had two friends. Uh, yeah. Jared was one, but no, he never answers his text. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you, you had all this. Man, stuff. What do I do when I, this happens, Jared? But he never <laughs> got back um, to you. <laughs> We did. I didn't meet. I didn't meet about four or five years in, in in the town I lived in. Actually, there was a, a tree company consultant. He used to be a high up at Davy. Um, yeah. And, and I, we'd meet with him maybe once a year yeah. to kind of discuss some yeah. things. And mm-hmm. a lot of times I didn't listen to him. Yeah. I want to buy a crane. You don't need a crane. I'm buying one. You know. <laughs> I don't pay taxes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to pay taxes. This year. So you know, he he would kind of help with you know being able to like you know see some big picture stuff and, and SWOT analysis yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, but I didn't always listen to him. But as for like a buddy with a tree company, I, I, didn't, I wasn't really calling. And like, I would yeah. talk to guys about what equipment to buy and what they thought about stuff. But a lot of it was just me doing research like yeah. nonstop and mm-hmm. calling companies about cranes and friends with cranes and stuff like that. So it was. And, and and the growth rate that we were doing, there really wasn't any like sit back and reflect on the year before to kind of see like you know what what changes to make. Yeah. It, we were in survival mode the whole time. You, you know, I, I I would at points in time have five crews with a sixteen week backlog and mm. snow coming. Holy shit! I mean, and we're just trying to send so you working Saturdays, Sundays, no, whatever. No, we'd only work five. I, I was a very, okay. I was a firm believer. You know, I, I would drain my, my business and personal accounts to buy equipment. To I worked for those guys and were contracted for them that had the payments to make. Yeah. That wasn't me. My guys yeah. worked 30 to 40 hour weeks. Yeah. That was it. Um, yeah. I didn't, I never wanted to be that guy to force a guy to work 50 hour weeks to make a payment. That's yeah. just, I, I wasn't, right. that yeah. wasn't, the, that wasn't the vibe I wanted at work. You know, a bunch of my guys were all, rock climber ski bums you yeah. know it was, it was like a, their time and when you say you drain the business account and the what do you what do you mean by that I buying was, equipment or yeah, bu- buying equipment and stuff and and, and and the first time you did that when you bought the what was the, when you bought that bucket truck yeah. was that scary oh yeah did you feel i mean what a little pucker I mean, factor it's forty five thousand like dollars i'd never I'd, I'd, and I'd, it was I'd, gone i'd, I'd got i got i'd got fifty thousand dollars from the leprechaun about the business with i'd never seen that kind of money so then before. you started skateboarding out there in the streets going <laughs> trying to get come on leprechaun i'm gonna get lucky today yeah they uh yeah that was terrible it was terrible <laughs> yeah the basic, yeah basically just on a hope that at the end of this year there will be enough excess money to pay myself back you know buying this equipment hats off to you i mean in being an entrepreneur it takes a pair to do something like that to drain what you know took you forever to get it's most you ever had in a bank account besides with the leprechaun 45 grand yeah. and yeah. to drain the whole thing to buy a truck to say i'm gonna make some money that off you've this. never seen before yeah, yeah. from schmidi's equipment that's not a horrible truck. thank you schmidi uh, thank you for, for helping I ryan still, out. i still stand by schmidi's um you know my, my old man i used to and I, st- I, st- I still go by it. Sometimes I don't as much, but I remember playing blackjack with him a lot. And I look at him, he look at me and go, scared money don't make money. 
<laughs> scared money. That sounds like a scared money don't. Make yeah, money. sounds like an Eminem Eminem song. Scared money don't make money, motherfucker. So, I, mean, I, I kind of ran my business on that on that sense, but I, I kind of had to keep it in check too, because like you know, I had to point out two kids and a wife, and you know, you, you kind of just can't keep like draining your personal account to. Dude. What do you mean? Why not? Buy a truck. <laughs> was there a fight every time after that? How dare you do that? What are you doing? There was. There was. But after the fifth time, she's probably like, okay. Some, he does that. She. I, winters were bad for me because there was a lot of idle time and I was planning for the next year. So I'd usually like take on a bunch of loans in the winter because you got to buy the equipment to be built for the spring. Yeah. So it was like we were making no money, bleeding money out, running in the negatives <laughs> in the winter. And I'm like, I'm going to need that $90,000 chipper and I think I'm going to buy two more pickup trucks. And she's just like, what the fuck she's is like, wrong do with it. you? And I'm like, we're going to, after like two or three winters of this, she realized she trusting. that yeah. we needed it. Um, yeah. and she always backed me on it. She was like, you know, you got the ideas, you see the vision, you know, yeah. r- run with it. Um, you know, but you know, we, we went through it all. Like I, I, I have, I've had injuries at work, serious ones. I've had OSHA investigations. I've been fucking shut down by DOT a dozen times. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, unfortunately for us, Park City had a lot of some pretty serious uh, commercial vehicle issues yeah. with mainly dump trucks because of how yeah. much buildings going on there. And they had, I think they're the only place in America they have their own full-time DOT cop. And there's one way in and one way out of Park City. So once I started having like five crews and all my tr- all my crews were paired with a pickup truck with a mini, yeah. so I was sending like 12 to 15 trucks in that road every single day. And I started getting hit a lot and a lot out of services for breakaway cables. That's what got me every time. Or guys speeding. Yeah. One of my biggest pet peeves is guys not wearing seatbelts. Oh, that's a a, cop just pulls them over and then you got a whole DOT check going on. Um, But yeah, we, we had some, we had some, I had one of my really good buddies uh, who's actually living with me in Massachusetts right now. His shin got shattered in 60 or 40 pieces working for me. And uh, a winch line got sucked up in the chipper, was half hitched around a log, and he ran over to reverse it, wham, right through the back of his leg here, exploded his shin. Mm. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I would say that that put a, a little bit of a – I always knew tree work was dangerous. You know, I, I've been lucky for the amount of close calls I've had and stuff. But then, you know, to see this kid, that happened to him, you know, and and, and he himself at the time was living in yeah. a halfway house and didn't really have any family. And to, to move him in my house and for weeks, you know, basically help carry him to the bathroom to piss because he couldn't walk until he had four surgeries. You know, like she saw some of that shit. Wow. Um, I had another kid break his leg working for me and... You know, and and fast forward his leg being broken a year, we, we had a company party at the lake, brought the wakeboard boat, wake surfing, brought beers and stuff. Ah, shit. He rebroke his leg wake surfing. Oh. Just trying to stand up. Well, I denied his workers' comp. Like, fuck you, dude. Come on. We're all, we're having a, like, you went yeah. against doctor's orders? Yeah. What's the matter with you? Yeah. Here? Like, I didn't know your doctor, because one of his buddies mm-hmm. that worked for me yeah. was like, oh, yeah, his doctor told him <clears> he couldn't do anything like this for a year. A month ago and he jumped in and did it he did it we denied it and he ended up suing us and workers comp 
and like they'd extremely checked out my wife and me a bit too um she was getting you know pretty pretty beat up on that and you know i didn't i didn't have a business plan but i had a very skewed business model Mm -hmm. but it wasn't my doing yeah i was just Mm -hmm. some fucking tree guy Mm -hmm. i was good at cutting down trees i was good at pruning trees that was it i didn't but you're 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 it so many people don't do this you did what you said you were going to do. That and that's hard part. to find. <laughs> if you said you were going to call them, you called them. If yeah. you said you're going to be there at this time, you you were there. And they experienced 20 other people that never did that. And not just in the tree care business, but other trades. Yeah. The painter didn't show up when he said he was going to. The cable guy, of course, never came, ever. And, you know, so, but you did it and you, you shocked the system. You shocked the norm. They were just like, that ain't normal. What? Who? It Wait, was, he did exactly what he said he was going to do. It was, that was a huge thing. I, I don't know if it's Utah or what, but I mean, I'd, I'd call up truck places and be like, you, you got this F-350 on your lot still? They're like, yeah. So, all right, I need the exact price on that. I'm coming down right now to buy it in cash. And they're like, all right, I'm finishing up with the customer. I'll call you back. I'm like, all right, cool. Hour goes by. Is Jared in? Oh, he went home 30 minutes ago. Can I help you? I'm like... I just told him I was coming down to buy this truck. They're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was the customer service out there. And, and uh, <clears throat> you know, one time. What? Freaking call him back. Why yeah. is it up with the Jareds? Yeah. They don't text or call back. I don't know. They're always you know, up a tree. I, I, noticed, I noticed the same thing. We, uh, I remember I was trying to get a dog fence put in. I tried calling this guy for like two, three weeks. <sighs> Voicemail was full. Only fence company around. And uh, finally got a hold of him one day. And I'm like, dude, I can't even get to through to your voicemail it's full you know i have a small business just like you know he's like i have so much work dude i don't even worry about it it's like fuck that guy so you know what i did you started a fence business I started a fucking fence business <laughs> in the same fucking town <laughs> did you really yeah oh shit yeah, yeah so really? I, started, I started a fence business but much like wasatch drivers wasatch fencing deck <laughs> in the same town and uh yeah, he's taking the shit out of the work from this guy. One of my best friends. You know, he was working for another fence guy, and I was uh-huh. like, "Dude, let's do this. I'll bankroll everything." But just Hell because of how much I hate yes. the fucking yeah. guy, I'm like, "I'll pay for everything. Yeah. I'll get you. We'll get you a truck." I'm like, "I haven't. I had an extra truck. I'm like, I'll give yes. you a truck. I'll give you a trailer. You borrow my skid steer. Like, you know yes. how to build fences. I'll, I'll Jess, them out. Jess will do all the back end work for you, and blah blah blah. And." uh <laughs> I, it took some convincing, and he did it. And you know, after his first year, paid me back my initial investment. Now he's got his own skid steer, his own trucks, and everything like that. And you know, that is awesome. The, after, you still partnered with it? Well, after the, I, it, I wanted it to be his. Yeah. Mainly, I wanted to fuck this guy. Yeah, um, dude, that's after awesome. The, after the second or third year, I was like, all right, I, I want this to be yours. What What was the fence count? Do you remember the one, the guy? Simpson fence. Simpson right. fence in Park Lake. Heber City. City, Heber City, he's Heber still there. City, Ryan, still there doing Ryan work. Simpson, oh yeah, he's this fat Simpson little troll looking motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck that dude too. Simpson fence, <laughs> yep. we're coming for you. We're coming for you, buddy. And, uh, oh, but yeah, after after three years, you know, I think it was end of 2020. I said, you know what, you know, give me X number of dollars or 10 percent of your gross, yeah. and we're done. It's all yours. You know, I didn't, I wasn't trying to make a bunch of money off it. Oh, it was for him, you know, helping him out. And uh, yeah, he's. Good, crushing good. it. He has too what, much work. What's his company name? Wasatch Fence and Deck. Was, wa, Wasatch? Wasatch. That's Wasatch. Have such a hard time <laughs> hey, shut up. Wasatch. Everybody go to Yelp. Find them. Five stars. Like it. Then find Ohioans. Then find Simpson Fencing. Give them one star and say, this is from Ryan. 
You call oh him a shit God. cunt if you want to. Shit cunt. <laughs> he is a shit cunt. Jeff that <laughs> runs Wasatch Fenton deck, he's a good shit yeah, cunt. Yeah, five stars for him. He's One star, star for Boy, um, you a real good Simpson. shit cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, if it, uh, watch the next morning he wakes up. He's like, 25 one stars, shit cunt. So, <laughs> so this, what happened? This might sound fucked up here, but I bought a fucked up grapple truck from Apex Equipment in Florida. Yeah. yeah. Um, all sorts of issues, including twice the, the you guys have grapple trucks. You know how you mm-hmm. have your like dog bone, wish bone that with the two pins that goes from the grapple to yep. the mm-hmm. boom? Both sides sheared off. What? Shoddy welds. No way. Whole grapple fell off. Luckily, it wasn't over people. We picked up. We pick up shit over. You swing that yeah. boom over people all the time, both times, and they they were ducking my calls and stuff like that. So I gave all my guys twenty bucks each to give them a one star review. No <laughs> way. I, you know, I had twenty Dude. employees. Yeah. Then that they, then they started giving me one star reviews with all their employees, and we got in a whole pissing match. Oh. And my wife got mad at me, and we all deleted our reviews and. We came to a, a, an agreement at the end that worked out. Call me, call me back and talk about it. You know, you stop dodging me and exactly. It out, right? It's like the Hatfield oh, boys. Man, what a mess! Yeah, so one bad. star reviews will get people bad. You know, you pay all your employees twenty bucks to do it. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, but if you do, if you have too many people go on at the same day and do reviews, Yelp kicks them all back. This is on Google. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, Yelp on a lot. Of, you have to space them out like every three days. A couple of reviews here and there, or they catch on to it and they they won't even take. Did them. you learn this boosting Atlas and the account? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know how many accounts I had to make up. I'm like oh, man. Joe Rogacki, <laughs> Phil Smith, uh, Jared Abergina. <laughs> So, but yeah, so we, we went through all those growing pains and headaches and stuff. And, uh, you know, we had two kids then and, you know, things, things were all right. You know, they were, they were the everyday yeah. grind headaches, but you know, my business, you know, not having a business model and never asking for running six crews with all this management had yeah. help, um, in order to support what I had to do in my busy months and all the other managers, like I should have been doing like. 50 to 60 percent more gross mm-hmm. profit but i couldn't because of the winter so all of my money just went to floating everything all winter so i mean i was basically working i i could for the amount that i was making me and the wife combined i could go work for somebody else and make more money yeah mm-hmm. and you know magically one day save a tree just called me just like, called your phone uh, emailed me Emailed you. Emailed me. And uh, I was like, you want to talk? And I was like, you know what? I do. I would love to. <laughs> Let's talk. And, you know, it went through like, you know, I kind of backburnered it for a little bit because things were going well back and forth. But, you know, after yeah. about five, six months, we closed and sold my company. Um, you know, there's a lot of reasoning behind that. You know, one was the skewed business model. Um you know, that was a big portion of it to, to work that hard, that many sleepless nights and, and stresses and yeah. just like, you know, just unhappiness in life to, you know, th- there was points that we'd have a babysitter to have a date night, me and my wife, and I had had the grapple break off. Like, this truck's going out tomorrow. Like, and she's like, you know what? Like, I got a lot of work I could catch up on too. That we'd get the babysitter. She'd go to the office and work till 11 p.m. And I'd stay yeah. at the yard welding. And like, that was great. Like, 
uh, that's not that's not very good relationship or good for your kids either yeah. you know um yeah. but you know we're just both workaholics so having kids really change stuff and and <clears throat> i had this realization kind of around the time save a tree talk called me or emailed me either a few months before or a few months after i was sitting I was at I was at Sportsman's looking at guns with my dad mm-hmm. and uh, checking out shotguns and stuff with yeah. him and I was like you know I basically moved out when I was sixteen seventeen you know, I spent a few years kind of bumming around rock climbing the country and stuff and yeah. then I went to college and then I moved out west and you know I didn't really I was such a degenerate and you know from age sixteen to twenty five I didn't really have much of a relationship with my parents mm-hmm. and you know then through twenty five till thirty two. Yeah. lived in Utah across the country. So you know, my half my life I didn't really talk to them. And once I had kids and saw the interactions between my kids and their grandparents, you, you know, like a, a few more things kind of like Clicked. Yeah. running a business didn't seem as important. You yeah. Know, like being closer to family and stuff did. So so with the save tree thing, um, I wasn't married to Utah anymore, you know, and, and, yeah. and I, it gave me the options to be able to do whatever the fuck I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously I'm, I'm not everything. I don't, I don't own it yet and I'm not retired, <laughs> but it gave me, it gave me the options to move and, yeah. and do what I, you know, something else if I ever yeah. wanted to, I, I loved Utah. Um, I still do love Utah. So, you know, we sold the company and, you know, you know, that I, day I, you signed those papers, what, I mean, how'd you celebrate? <clears throat> what'd you feel? Did so, you feel up until the day I signed them? If you asked me if I was selling my company, I would have told you I don't know, because I was that much on the fence. I, I, I remember I, talking I, to you on the phone. Yeah, we talked about it a bunch. Yeah, we talked about it a bunch. I, I talked yeah. to you about it at Expo because I sat yeah. down and met with them at Expo about mm-hmm. it. You know, and mm-hmm. it was I was a hundred percent on the fence at the, the whole time with it. I, probably, I talked I mean, to Jared too. If he blood if he, he has, some, he'll get, talking, there's some text. He'll get back to you. It takes a little while. You know, I, I, I really guilty you that. should, you should, but it's, uh, uh, I mean, you built it from nothing, you know, for the most part, you know, I did, have you a know, leg a, up there. A, you, you built it from a, you know, lucky charm, from and, lucky, from a, from a, lumber, not a lumberjack, a, a lumberjack, you built it from a lumberjack a that hit you. Uh, but you know, from nothing and then bought, bought and, you know, you and your wife working together and knowing the welding, the truck at this time and her working late and the sacrifices you make, it's hard to let something like that go. You know, to say, I built this to here. One, it's flattering that somebody wants to buy it, you know, that I got it. And now here you go. Take it. Yeah. It was, uh, it was definitely like a bittersweet thing. Yeah. And it, it was, it, I think the weirdest part with it too is, and, and and one thing that I worried about that that didn't actually hasn't manifested the way I thought yeah. it would was I, I thought I was gonna lose like myself, like I thought I wasn't like you know I, like my sense of purpose because I was so like now what yeah absorbed with that and it was my whole life you know only five six years but yeah it's a long time and it was you know 24 7 seven days a week like you know not enough work too much work what are we doing next year what are we doing this week what happened last week hustle you know to just to just that happen and like you know i thought i was gonna like not know what to do with my time in my life um and i'll never i signed the papers that day and it was a fucking just mind fuck day um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of emotions between, you know, me and my wife, my guys, you know, a bunch of my guys, you know, I, we acquire these companies. And I meet these guys that have been there for 30 years. 
I can't imagine that. Some of my guys have only been there five, six years, but like, yeah. you know, I hired them when they're 18, yeah. 19 years old. This is the mm-hmm. first job they had and they've been working with me and I've showed them a career and stuff like that. So, you know, it was yeah. definitely loyalty. Yeah. loyalty there and it was definitely like you know emotional and sad for me too because uh, you know like we were all homies and we'd hang out and stuff like that um you know i kind of i kind of felt bad too but I, that that first day after i will never forget like the proverbial proverbial weight like lifted like it was like there was like a weight on me that was legitimately lifted and i was like holy fuck felt like, good it felt good um you know and i'm still i went out <clears throat> month ago to utah and did some knuckle boom training and, and yeah. crane certifying out yeah. there and uh you know i missed it all my guys are still there and, yeah. and they're killing it they stepped it up like they grew 40 percent or 35 percent and they were the largest branch growing in save a tree for 2020 nice like, they are crushing it then you know even on the safety side of things you know save a tree brings a lot of safety to the game and you know, i I try to be safe, you know, yeah. talk to any of my guys, I, you know, I, I do, I did have my cowboy tendencies. Yeah. Was, that was six years of my upbringing. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, that's how I learned. It's hard to break those habits. Like, you know, I don't want hand saws anymore and I wear chaps and a helmet always like, yeah, it took me a long time to break those habits. Um, but you know, you know, save trees up the safety a lot with them too. And just like seeing like just the whole thing, it, it made me like, you know, pretty bummed. I, I was actually sad about it. Um, and then like a week later, I heard about like some slight injuries and employee issues and like a guy driving through a fence with a truck. And I was like, mm. yeah, yeah. Now I don't remember. I don't miss that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't miss it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's okay. It's okay. But yeah, it's definitely a, a super bittersweet thing. Um, you know, I, you know, Jess, I'll talk about it and she'll, uh, she'll be like, no, it's a definitely a good call that we did. And, yeah. uh, you know, we what's did. Jess doing now? she's kind of just doing some little like contract work for some people and some yeah. accountant work type stuff. Um, Does she feel like, you know, like when you were saying like, well, now what for me? Like what's, what's my purpose? Does, does she feel that way? Does she feel she, now what for her? So Cause my, you stepped in. So we'll, well, let's get back to her, but talk, go to right when you sold the company, you started save a tree. They offered you a position and, then from there start where <laughs> start you know after you sold the company save a tree offering you a position to work for the for the company and yes. what position and stuff. well i i they gave me the branch manager role which was never discussed really yeah um they were actually looking for someone for that and yeah. i was kind of like yeah whatever I'll, I'll do it you know okay. um to run your my, old, my branch. Your branch, your company. <laughs> my company. Gotcha. <laughs> to do the same thing yeah. I was trying to not do. Um, <laughs> gotcha. So, so you know, a, a big part also in the selling was, like, Jess wanted to step back and raise the kids a lot more. Okay. And, you know, she was like, you do whatever you want. I didn't really want to do it without her. Yeah. I mean, she ran the yeah. HR side. She kept the sales guys in line and the office girls and, and had all the, the back end big picture stuff. Like I, I knew where I wanted to be. Like, you know, I was about to buy a horizontal grinder and get big into mulch and grinding yeah. and stuff like that. I had that part figured out yeah. in the visions. Like she had the other part. And so we worked really well together. And then there was definitely years there that our relationship was only good on the business side of things. Our personal side was eh. Yeah. But the, like we worked really well for the business. Um, 
So I didn't really want to run it without her. I don't want to deal with all that shit. And like I could have hired somebody, but I, yeah. uh, you know, so, so so it worked out with the savagery thing too because then she could step away. Um, so I got hired as a branch manager, and she was the office manager. Okay, she, she was a part time office manager, and she was going to transition out, and our our office girl was going to move into her spot. Yeah. Um, you know, fast forward, you know, to March, February or March of 2020, that COVID shit got all fucked up. And, you know, it really accelerated her leaving the office because, I mean, shit was weird. Like our, our kind of daycare that our, our, our friend owned that our kids yeah. were at, like, you know, some of the other kids' parents were like nurses and stuff. And like, we didn't really know what was going to happen. So I was like, you know what? You can leave. Just hang with the kids. So, so she left a little quicker there. Um, and, you know, in the talks with Save a Tree with selling, yeah. we had talked about me being a trainer for them in a nationwide role. The caveat to that was where I was located. I was on an island there. And no matter what branch I had to go to, I had to fly. So, you know, we, we kind of worked through some stuff with them and figuring it out mm -hmm. and came up with this new position, being the first trainer at Savitry. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I told them, you know, as I said, I'm open to moving. I'll move to the East Coast. You know, that's where my family was. And that's we were talking mm -hmm. about it. You know, Jet, my wife is from Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, and I'm from Jersey. Our families are there. So once that, that, that was on the table that I would move cause we're predominantly a tri-state area focus. We were, we've grown a lot, but you know, that's yeah. where we were started. We're huge there. Yeah. I can drive to a couple dozen branches from Massachusetts. That's pretty cool. That, that was able to allow me to move into this new position here now. Um, so yeah, we worked that out with them. We found someone to replace me and sold the fucking house and moved. Twenty twenty was a great and crazy year for me. Um, I mean, you got out. I mean, right unreal. before COVID, I mean, a lot of companies didn't make it. Well, I mean, but that's the other thing is tree work blew up. But I mean, it could have gone the other way through COVID too. Yeah, a lot of other are a lot a of mind, business. Are you a mind reader, man? A lot of businesses failed. I mean, I can't imagine that stress going on with the stresses that already were going on, like <clears throat> with that happening, like, you know, hats off. To Nobody guys knows. That, hats yeah. off to guys that ran through it, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, I don't know how the government did overall and stuff, yeah. but it seemed like they did all right with small businesses. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I know some guys were pleased. Yeah. Other guys weren't. So I won't say if they did good or bad. Yeah. Um, I know it worked out for some, but yeah. you know yeah. that, I mean, it took a little while. It, it took a and while. Then everybody's like at home looking and going, I'm gonna do that F and tree. I've been looking at yeah. this for the last month and a half. Ours was, ours was three weeks. <clears throat> yeah, three, three weeks. weeks. Did you did you close down? We shut down for three did weeks. Did you? Well, you're in the worst state. That you know, not the worst, but it was um, bad. I mean, it didn't hit. COVID. It, it didn't hit Utah. Yeah, we t we hit three we're, weeks. Went right then, around it, and then we went right back in, and then we just started doing just essentials, and then after that, it was like, and then work started coming in like crazy. Yeah, and then it was like. I'm, I'm, you know, booked up worse than I was. Yeah. And then so now you're trying it, to add more crews now. And yeah, I mean, yeah, we had, we, we came back and when tax season hit, that's when like typically we hit the dip, but we hit the dip <clears throat> harder than normal this year. Oh, really? That was the weird, that well, was the weird thing. What well, was it? Because everybody's getting their, uh, checks, <clears throat> 2000, 1400. Yeah. I mean, things like that. Yeah, it was just kind of weird. We just had I, that weird I, little I don't, two months. That stuff, I don't think, like, are you talking about, like, the unemployment added money? I, I don't even know what they're, the checks are even called. The 
They just sent you two grand. Oh, yeah, that the, um, one. Yeah. And then yeah, they yeah. sent you fourteen hundred. Oh yeah. And then they sent you another nine hundred. Yeah. Forget the. Yeah, we're terrible. Yeah. Terrible with. Now, did you guys do PPP loan? Yes, we did. Which what? Pe- did you do? Yeah. Oh no, you were. Then that, okay. I sold it. You would have bought some equipment no, this with that PPP me, man, loan. You're, you're, I you're, st- you're your stimulus check. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, man. You know your your story just gives so much hope, man. I stimulus think just checks. For, for for so many people out there, maybe in that scenario of thinking about selling or on that verge of, you know, what's important in life. You know, at that point, you know, matter what it is, you know, because you can get stuck. I mean, I, I'm I'm in a position of, I mean, I've been in this game my whole life. You know, and I, I live in, I live it like seven days a week, never stops 24 seven. It's yeah. in my head. I can't sleep. It's just like, it's in me and it can't get out of me, you know? <clears throat> and it's like, what, what point is that? Where, when can I hit that switch and be like, I got to let some of it go. Like I can keep half the lights on in here, but I can't keep all these lights running mm-hmm. for this much longer, you know, cause I'm going to burn out. I'm going to have enough bulbs. Yeah. Didn't you become yeah. a pro bass fisher for a while? <laughs> no. It's coming up. It's coming <laughs> up. Your dream's coming back, people. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you we'll, went we'll, pro. We'll, 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 take, we'll, take, we'll take a picture. Hard no, but once this boat comes, we better go freaking pro. <laughs> 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 we need to pay it off. Somehow. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, we better go pro. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, man, I really, it, it, gives, it gives hope, I think, not only for me, but I know a lot of listeners, you know, hopefully that this can reach them and. Yeah, I mean, a lot of great life lessons, you know. I mean, hearing hearing your story is, uh, you know, some things on just starting a company out of nowhere, you know, from a leprechaun. Uh, you know, going from East Coast to freaking Utah to live. Starting a company that only runs six months out of the year for the most part, right? Brutal. I mean, everything's against you in that state when tree work like i wonder if i ever opened up in another state how the hell do i handle snow you're the guy i call you're the guy roofs (laughs) do what we did a lot of roof shoveling roof shoveling yep shit but you need high-end houses and with a lot of snow that people were willing to pay the roof shoveling but the problem is big snow years you, you can send a lot of guys out roof shoveling the moderate snow years you're not doing tree work and you're not roof shoveling and then the other, another problem with, and, oh, dude, we go to these houses, like a $20 million house, and they'd be like, yeah, we need you to shovel like the garage. My recording studio's under it. I don't want it to leak. And like, yeah, it's, you know, 10 guys, 75 bucks a man hour. It's probably going to take three days. A garage? To shovel These snow? Like $20 million homes. Okay. Yeah. Um, a house, and I mean. Well, at, once you get it off the house, you got to get it away from the houses. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I'm, I'm also talking about like 10 feet tall snow on a roof. Yeah. Then they look at you and go, can you start tomorrow? And you're like, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, 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 that's great on a big, big snow year. That's but ridiculous. when you have a snow year, that's Why? just a normal moderate year. Yeah. You're not getting the roof shoveling and you're not doing tree work either. And you know, the other issue with a place like that, which I'm sure is the same in like Aspen and yeah. Dale is that every motherfucker owns a plow. They're just plowing to keep guys busy, I, to it, pay them. So, you know, the, it, it's, yeah. it's it, it's hard to break into the yeah. big, big-time snow league. I had the yeah. iron for it. I had a 40,000-pound uh, front-end loader. I had skid steers. I had four plows. 
I, I could I just couldn't yeah. figure out the, the 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 component I could never figure out was hand shuffling. All the big contracts involved hand shoveling. And I my guys I they weren't gonna go hand shovel all storm. They might sit in a truck. Oh, not yeah, hand shovel. And in, in Ohio, same thing when I did asphalt. It was, you know, as soon as it's done, we were out plowing all the jobs that we sold and put mm-hmm. asphalt down. Now we had to plow it. But, you know, I, 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 I want to bring you back on the show because there's hearing your life story. There's so many tricks of the trade and business stuff that you've just learned because you just went through you went through shit nobody taught you i learned it all the wrong way i mean yeah. the hard, the, i mean tree work running a business employees it's all been the hard way that i had to do the, the wrong way five times including like what you need to make sure your truck is proper for dot inspections you know what are the things they look for that they're yeah. going to hit you for every time? If anybody has any questions, message him on DOT. He will help. You. I got you. I don't want. <laughs> but them, I don't want them to the get any more money. The next thing you do, you know, it's like if if you had to do it all over again, you would do it ten times faster. It wouldn't take you five years. It take you a year and a half. Yeah. To get right back up there because you've done it all. You know not to do this. You know to do this. Yep. How to do it. Uh, so, you know, definitely having you, and we're going to, we're going to answer some calls here in a little bit. Uh, and I'm sure some people have some questions just they're in the same scenario. Yeah. Shit. I can't get out. How do I get out? What do I do? You know, things like that. Uh, no, you probably can't turn it on all the way, you know, and, and they have some just business stuff they want to know. And, and that's the sucky thing in our industry is there's no, there's no blueprint. There's no one helping people that are like been through this. Let me show you. Sorry, go ahead. No. Is it talking? No, we're good. We're good? Okay. Uh, but there's... Rookie. I know, Ricky. You got to watch him. But there's there's no blueprint of what to do and what not to do. So, uh, you know, this is part of the podcast is for them, for people like yourself coming on to help the people, the listeners listening to it, help them be able to figure this stuff out so they don't yeah. have to go through these things from that. So, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, before we get on some callers uh, on there, you know what? What's some advice you can give somebody out there? You know, I mean, you've been through real yeah. advice or funny advice, both. Right. You know, things that you can help them, things you can teach them, or something they can take and nugget. You know, with them. I, I'd put it if if you could give like a business advice and life, and then. Like a new a new climber, somebody coming to the industry advice. I think that's two separate things. I got a third one too. Okay, I'm gonna start with the third one because I thought about this one earlier when you're talking about advice. And, and this is this is this is big for this day and age. If you go out a lot with your friends, which most people do these days, yeah. um, and they don't already know if you do or don't have this, I did this for years, and, and Jared can attest for it. If you're ever going out, you're trying to go to another bar or, or, or some other place like that, you don't have the Uber app. Because if you don't have the fucking Uber oh, app, shit. you never have to get the fucking Uber. And it's even better if you, if you have a wife or something that deals with most of your finances and be like, I don't even know how to log this shit on. You know, like, I, I don't know how to link. I don't know my bank account number. There was one good. time I was with Jared and we don't have to mention the other guy. And, you know, oh, me and Jared, me and Jared oh, hung out man. many a times, at, at least four or five different <laughs> trips at expos and Arbor Fest and stuff. And I'd always go out with them and be like, 
I don't got Uber. Like, God, they, who they, doesn't they, have freaking Uber? <laughs> that's like that's like the old days when someone would go, oh, I left my wallet at home. So yeah, it was it's the same thing. You oh. don't have Uber, and uh, so so me and Jared go out with Jamie Chamberlain and some other guy, and we go to this place. It's twenty minutes away at like two three in the morning. That was more and, than twenty minutes away, man. That was like forty minutes. Whatever it was. We get there, and this dude goes, what the fuck? That was a $190 Uber <laughs> <Yeah>. ride. <laughs> and how am I going to explain this at 2.30 in the morning? <laughs> and you guys. So, so, and then and then I think Jared got the Uber ride back, and it was like $30. It was some peak hours weird thing. And the, the, next, the next morning, I'm at the hotel, and... Uh, and we're and I gotta go to the airport. I'm with Derek Martin, and uh, I go, let's go to the airport, dude. And he's like, his cart. He was having credit card issues and stuff. And he's like, I, like we, we gotta try to find a ride. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll Uber. And he looks at me. and He goes, you have Uber? And I'm like, he's like, you've been playing me for I'm four like, don't years. Don't tell anybody. I have oh, it yeah. between eight a.m. 8 and three thirty. <laughs> In working hours, We've I have been Uber. to like four or five Arbor Fest. Yeah, me, Travis, Jared, and, and and Derek, like four or five Arbor Fest and oh, multiple man. TCI Expos. Whole time, I, I don't have Uber. Uh, you guys, I, there's yeah. no Uber where I live in Utah because yeah. I lived in such backwoods Utah that it didn't work. I'm like, yeah. I got no need for Uber. So, yeah. life hack. That is a life right. hack, right? I got there. Uber. Everybody liked that life hack. Life oh, hack. Man. Um, yeah, I, I think on, on on the new climber thing, you, you hear it so much, and you can't emphasize it enough. It, is finding finding a company that that preaches safety and proper work practices. Um, you know, I can think of a lot of reasons certain limbs on my body and, and shoulders are, are trashed, and a lot of it's like improper work positioning and one-handing chainsaws and stuff like that. And that's how I learned. And and I'd be willing to put money on like. There's dozens of times I should have died. Like, I got in some fucked up situations. I mean, in my first or second year, yeah. getting shocked by high voltage transmission lines. Like, you know, I've had a lot of really close calls, but nobody showed me it. And it's how I was taught yeah. to do it. So, if you can find an established company, either locally or a nationwide company, like if you don't have a nationwide one locally, there's plenty of really good ones that are, you know, you know, you look at like, you know, the big hitters, Davey. Bartlett, Save a Tree, you yeah. know, Atlas who's blowing up here. Mm -hmm. Guys that, that preach safety with their training and want you wearing helmets and chaps and will train you to do the right thing. And, and yeah. if you can't find a big outfit like that near you, you know, like call around and see what companies are like. You know, look at like, you know, for certified arborists and CTSPs and, and people that really care about safety. You can tell a lot from somebody's website. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, it, a lot of times people will auto populate these stupid pictures for your website. If you take the time and care about your company, you go in and change them and make sure that they're, you know they're not this one-handing chainsaw guy on a ladder. You, know, yeah. you just can, can feed through <laughs> their guys like that. Um, you know, and that's that's the biggest thing. It's so it's cliche, and you yeah. hear it all the time. But you know, yeah. there's no reason for people. And I, when I do trainings with guys at Save a Tree, I, I tell them like, there's no reason you have to learn the way I did, mm -hmm. and I don't advise it either. It was yeah. fucked up and scary, you know, to, to be. Yeah, twenty two years old, grip crimped on a piece of bark on an oak tree in hundred degree weather, sixty feet up with nothing tied on. You know, trying just to trying to get a steel core lanyard around a five foot wide limb. You know, that's 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 no way to learn. Um, yeah. You know, and there's so much out there these days. 
especially with the internet and, and, and forums and, and Facebook, you know, as much as Facebook is a double-edged sword, there's a lot of bad information on it. Yeah. There's a lot of good information too. You get on a, a group and just ask for good companies in that area, you're going to find them. Yeah. So I, I would, I would encourage people to, you know, make sure you're finding the right company and that they're, that they're teaching you the right thing. Um, you know, and, and that they want to promote people within, um, mm -hmm. that's a big thing too, is like knowing that down the road, you're not going to just be stuck. In, if you want to drag brush, that's great. Yeah. Nothing wrong with dragging brush your whole life. If you want to be a climber, you know, find a company that's going to train you to climb. Um, business advice is, uh, you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine two days ago that's kind of at his wit's end and wants to sell his landscape company, and it's just been hell for him recently. And one thing I noticed with my company is that it comes in waves. You get your good times and you get your bad times, just like the stock market. Yeah. Just like with your old lady, you know, just like with your kids. Mm -hmm. It's a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. it's, it's got ups and downs. Um, so most of the time... You just ride out that down, the uphill's on the other side. So you just got to keep keeping your head down and keep grinding. Mm -hmm. and, and, and there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. And it's really easy for me to tell you that from a third party perspective. Or like, you know, when you have a homie, that, like his like long-term girlfriend broke up with him and you never think he's never <laughs> going to be the same again and find anyone. <laughs> you can sit there and be like, dude, I've been through this. Yeah, It's going to get better. They're like, fuck you. No, it's not. You don't know how bad it is. It does get better. You, yeah. You, you know, I mean, I've had weeks of $50,000 almost in repair guys with fib tib snaps guys in the er osha investigations and it always got better you know but you just have to keep your head head right and stay positive you know and keep leading by example that was one thing that i always like to do at my company was for the most part i was the first guy there and i was the last guy to leave pretty much every day for the most part you know there was exceptions there i might have something yeah. to do um but you know be, being an absentee boss you're going to sit back and have shit employees. You know, this old biker yeah. I used to live next to used to say to me, you know, when I, cause I was, I'd have them help, help work on my Harley sometimes, you know, when the, when the cat's away, the mice will play. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're there leading by example, yeah. grinding with the boys every day and stuff, they're going to, they're going to respect you and do it. And so even when the times get tough like that, you still got to show up on time, be there and lead by example and everything's going to get better at the end. That's good. Advice, three, dude. three pieces of advice. Dude. Yeah. <clears throat> That's huge. You know, last advice I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for you, uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna end the show, even though I don't want to. Is you know one of the things that you said that stuck out to me was you knew when it was time to ask for help. And there's guys listening to this. There's guys that are gonna listen to us because once this goes online, it lives forever. You know, so 20 years down the road, someone may be listening to this right now and listening to your advice for that. But I think that's an important thing in our industry is, you know, when to reach out for help and how to know when you need to reach out for help and what the hell do you do? This is the same guy that I'm talking about. Um, I had this conversation with him the other day and, and, and I have the same conversation with uh, people people that I do training for you know I, I I think I think you can get some merit and, and validity like an issues become a smaller issue by talking about them like for years like I, I I don't know what it is but you know I tell more people about it now and I guess a lot more people hear about it but like I get like debilitating anxiety attacks mm -hmm. for no rhyme or reason like I, I will my wife has seen me pulled over on the side of the highway before just been like, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I just need to, like, going through a thing. Like, I've ended up in ERs thinking I'm going to die for no reason. Mm -hmm. Life's hunky-dory and perfect. Mm -hmm. I just fucking get them. 
And, you know, I was, I was talking to my buddy about it the other day and he gets the same things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, especially in the tree world, you know, y- you take this like male macho-ness, like we think we're badasses. We climb up trees with chainsaws. We're fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> you, you know, and it, 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 you create this culture of just macho maleism like that, that it's not okay to reach out for help. And I think what that then does is a lot of people get in these predicaments that they get hurt. And, and it's a huge thing, you know, I was telling the guys I was doing crane training with today and when I'm doing EHAP trainings and climbing trainings with the guys is there's nothing wrong with saying, I can't do this. This is yeah. above my skill. Like I need help with this. How would you do this? Um, and, and I think when, when you build a culture of that within your company or yeah. at the company you work with, that it, it becomes like something more open to do, but it's got to start with somebody doing it. Um, you know, I had a good conversation with some guys a few weeks ago. I was doing a training with them, and, you know, we were talking about wheel chocks. You know, they weren't putting them out at the yard. And I'm like, you, you start here at the yard, you put your wheel chocks out, because then you do it in the field. Mm-hmm. And, and you do something stupid, and just a little thing like that, it's so little that's not a big deal to call people out on it for mm-hmm. it. But once you start calling them out for that, it builds this relationship that it's okay to speak up with issues. So then when you do see something that's funky or you are going through a hard time with a mm-hmm. tree and you need to speak up, you've built this culture that it's okay to talk about your issues like that. So it can start with something as mundane as just calling each other out and picking fun with, hey, mm-hmm. dumbass forgot his wheel chalk. But really what it's doing is it's going to yeah. build up a culture where people yeah. can speak up and talk about issues. Um, and, and I think that's just got guys – in general, they don't, they don't want to talk about issues and, and they don't want to be, you know, scared to back off a tree. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to trust your gut. Yeah. Um, you know, any, any time that I've, you know, fucked up a house a little or a deck or, or Nick something every time I didn't trust my gut, my gut always said, put a rope in this or put a pole line in this. And I didn't. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I don't, I, I don't trust my gut and everything goes fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think if you can fall back and trust your gut, it, it, it'll create a safer, you know, better work environment and culture in general. And I'd be willing to bet that most incidences that happen, if guys are properly trained, you hear about these guys that die mm-hmm. that are super well trained. I'd be willing to bet going through their head before they made that big gnarly cut was, is this a good idea? Mm-hmm. And it probably was. Um, and the same goes, if you get in that predicament, just ask for help. Because guys get fucked up really easy, and there's no sense in dying for this job. Mm-hmm. It's just a fucking job, and chances are you're working for an employer. Mm-hmm. You know, and and when we live in this modern day, that's so amazing with equipment that you can drive down the street and rent a spider lift, or call one of fifty crane companies by you and come in with it. Yeah. And, if, and if your boss has a problem with that, that's not the place to work. Mm-hmm. You, you know, so so speaking up and, and not getting out of your, and, and you know and not getting out of your real comfort zone there is, uh, you know, it, it, it's super beneficial and it's definitely something that's underlooked and I, I think it's something that just has to get start in like the company and the industry in general is being able to speak up and talk about that's good learning stuff yeah. Oh, just it, it just takes me back, man. What my first talk I've ever done in my entire <clears throat> career, and I remember this. This was. Gosh, it was maybe 20 years old, and I was at, at, in San Francisco. <clears throat> Gosh, it's 20 years ago. I'm not sure. Really so this is like 1980? It was about this. It was about this, was exactly. It? And it was about that gut instinct. And um, what do you do when you're in that situation, and, in, in, and how, do you, how do you trust it? Do you, <clears throat> when something's telling you it's wrong, you have to... 
<clears throat> trust a certain portion of it and say, you know, what is that? What's wrong about it? Is there a way to mitigate it? Is there a way to change position? Is there a way to, um, is there another way or is there, do I have to back off and say, you know what, I just can't do this. You know, do I have the training for this? Do I have the expertise for this? Do I need to ask for help? And man, this is, uh, this takes a full circle back for me. And, um, to really reiterate this, that this is a major, still a, hand, a major issue at hand that was not addressed enough. So I really appreciate you bringing all this up, man. It's really good stuff. <clears throat> yeah, I remember my first talk too, and I had a really good friend with me that was supposed to support me. And in the middle of my talk, he left <laughs> and left me there. Is it Jared? <laughs> I left him at the podium. Was that your wedding? To be no, fair, <laughs> it was at a freaking Western chapter climbing competition. Okay. And he had this big talk that he wanted me to do with oh, him. Man. I got up there, I started talking, and then he went out the side door and he never came back. This was a great talk, by the way. Oh, it was gosh. a front end, back end talk, talking about business, uh, you know, from the front end to the back end, how they need to be cohesive oh, to run a you know, to run a successful company. How do you know you weren't I, part of it? I, well, you weren't we, even we, there. We wrote the talk to, together. Oh, so you know, he the, helped you become the, the, who you are here, today here, by that moment. Here's the, here's the, here's the real story to this was <laughs> we got in the room and I was kind of running and managing the event. So I was trying to set the events up, be every place and blah, 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 blah. So when Phil got up there, I was his sidekick. He started off the talk, came in, slideshow, pop, pop, you know, doing the Oh, Phil. you were the sidekick? Yeah. Was, oh, no big was, deal. Yeah, you had, a sli- you had a slideshow. Yeah, oh. he had a slideshow. And yeah. I'm like, I don't have a slideshow. I'm just going to like. You know, do one of these. Anyway, he started going. I'm like, gosh, this is really good. Phil's doing really good. Skirt. I just, <laughs> I just bounced. And uh, I went off and I, you know, I set up the comp. And I'm like, anyways, I'll pass it off to. Uh, um, <laughs> all right. I guess yeah. I'm going to finish this thing. But, but uh, you did great. For me, I, I ultimately <laughs> failed my first, my first talk. No, was the didn't. hardest. I'm texting him. Will we come back? I was a kid, man. I created this powerpoint and i had you know 100 people in this room and it was i was sweating i was stuttering i was pacing i i, I just botched it right and i hated myself for that and i got done i'm like i'm the biggest idiot in the industry right now for having done that and mm-hmm. i'm like you know what i'm gonna do it again i'm like I, I i have to do this so i did another one botched it did another one botched it like that's good. 20 years later, I'm still here botching it. <laughs> like, Everyone's like, oh, okay. he's getting better? No, I'm still botching it. I'm still botching it. Yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah. Well, dude, I'm so glad you came on the show, man. Happy you have me. Nice to dude, see you guys. Dude, I mean, I, I just want to keep going I know. and hearing I could, your stories. I could do this all night. I mean, I I have like four pages of notes of the stuff you've told. I mean, each one's a two-hour episode. I feel like it's going to be on something on Netflix coming out here soon, oh, I hope, like a cartoon yeah. of Ryan and his stories with leprechauns and pit stain, yellow, uh, Two, Craigslist, guys and a bucket of beer, and Ryan, the leprechaun. <laughs> the leprechaun, you know. But man, I, I, I uh, it, it, super inspiring, you know, just hearing your life story and the things you've been through and, uh, yeah. you know, just fucking being a baller, man, just killing making it. shit happen, you know, so. just making it happen. Uh, when, you know, the whole world might've been against you on stuff and you fucking went out to Utah and you <laughs> built a multi-million dollar business and grew it from a leprechaun. That hit you, you know, <laughs> on there. And, uh, you know, so I appreciate you, man. I, w- I definitely want you to come back on and, you know, uh, 
be a part of the show and speak to everybody and and because there's gonna be a lot of other people that are gonna come on and we're gonna get on and ask some questions here out there so uh, thank you man appreciate it and and guys remember scared money don't make money <laughs> Ryan <laughs> All right, everybody. All right, that's it for us. Yeah, I'm just going to give one big thank you again to our beer sponsor, uh, Old Possum Brewing out here in Santa Rosa, California. You guys are great. We really appreciate you guys. Great beer. Um, make sure you guys come by, check them out. Yeah. And another one to uh, Manic Woodshop for making our bucket of beer. And this table that we're sitting on, having a good time at, uh, much love. If you guys want more of their products, check them out online. Yeah. And if you guys want uh, us to try your beer, send it to us, 1544 Ludwig, Santa Rosa. Give us a call. Send us shirts. Send us whatever you want to send. It will go on the show. There's a back wall back here that's blank as can be, and I'm waiting for somebody to send me some funny shit and some things to put on the wall or something to wear. So send it to us. All right, everybody. We appreciate you, and uh, we'll be speaking soon. Peace.